Welcome to the Con Man Podcast. We are here on a beautiful Wednesday afternoon, October 11th. I was just outside and it was like, it's just, it's cloudy. Um, I don't like, I, I'm just happy it's not hot anymore. It's fucking, I'm so pumped right now. That it, the summer is over. We have maybe one more day of 90 degrees for the rest of the year. I'm pumped up. Yeah, but we are, this is the Comment Podcast. We are a history slash conspiracy slash true crime podcast, especially this week or this month because of Halloween. You can find us on Instagram at con underscore man underscore podcast on X, which we are live on X right now. So if you are following us on X, um, we're live. We're, we're streaming live on there. Uh, we're also streaming live on Rumble. So, like, if you want to see when you want to see our faces and interact with us, whatever, and uh, you can join the chats, all that kind of stuff. Just, just come, uh, just go on there. That's that's where you can find us. Usually, we're on YouTube also, but we have a strike on YouTube, so that's not going to work out this week. Um, yeah, yeah, but we got the strike because of the three guys won uh, hammer. I don't fucking know. I don't know. We can we can't talk about violence on YouTube anymore. Like, we've, we've talked about some pretty fucked up shit, and no strike on there, but, yeah. Uh, sitting across from me, host of the Skeleton Factory podcast and co-host of the Con Man podcast, Adam Hester. What's going on with you, buddy? Hello. Hi, Sean. Uh, yeah, we, uh, um, apparently, there's, for all the three guys one hammer uh, videos on YouTube, ours is, like, the only one that uh, gets fucked with. Weird. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, hi. Uh, yeah, Skeleton Factory Podcast. Since it's October and it's Halloween season, I've been doing lots of uh, horror and other spooky type movies. Uh, go over to Skeleton Factory on uh, all the great podcasting platforms. I'm also on Instagram at skeleton underscore factory. Twitter podcast ATX and on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash skeleton factory. I just put up a uh, review for Exorcist Believer, the newest Exorcist film brought to us by David Gordon Green, Blumhouse, Universal, Danny McBride. Oh, Danny McBride. I didn't know he did it. He was part of this. Yeah, he's part Debacle. of this shit show. Um, also, if you're in Austin on October the 17th, come on down to Tweety's Bar at 2908 Fruit Street, and I'm going to be doing a horror and cult film trivia night. There will be prizes as well, so come on down, bring a team, and test your knowledge. That's at Tweety's Bar, tweetysbar.com at uh, 2908 Fruit Street here in Austin, Texas. Back to you, Sean. Yeah, for anyone that that knows about this, the Austin area. If you grew up here, just know this is where, I, 
I believe it's where the old, because I've been in there, the old Spider House, which is by campus. Yes. It's, it's a, it, I mean, it's a great spot. They show wrestling there, which was fun. Yeah, there's one TV in there, mm-hmm. and all they play in there is wrestling from, like, pre-2010. It's, it's awesome. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's just so different. If you're trying to, if, and if you're like a, if you're like a sports fanatic like me, and you're trying to watch like uh, baseball playoffs, that's not the spot for you to go. If you, if and and for most people, when I talk about sports on my my Instagram, everyone pretty much calls me gay. They say fuck sports ball. So I'm like, it's it's not. This is a, the perfect bar for you because you're gonna watch wrestling, which te- yeah, they, I've been called that. I've been called that. It's fine. I'll oh. take it. <laughs> Just let people watch their 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 games. Our fans are so rude sometimes, but I love it. <laughs> I don't even care because <laughs> I I mean it, we're we just we're just talking shit to each other. But it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Also on patreon.com forward slash comment podcast, there is a new chat function on the app. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but you can start a chat on there. And if you remember, we we like we. We could talk shit on there. We could talk about the episodes, anything on there. Ooh, that's wonderful. It is cool. The Patreon app is getting better. I've, I have not been a fan of it, but like lately they're starting to upgrade it. It's getting a little bit better. Yeah, they had a couple of upgrades that um, I had some hiccups with. And I was having, I wasn't able to actually load the last, the Exorcist Believer review. What I was did like, they say? I was like a day behind on that. Um, it just, wouldn't load. It wouldn't load anything onto it. Like anytime you try to upload something, the, the page just goes white. The app. It's 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 never happened before, mm-hmm. and I had to do a whole bunch of shit to get that to work. But it's up there now. Yeah, I, I, I remember uh, it was like a couple months ago where I went on Patreon and it and it said I had zero um zero subscribers i was like what the fuck happened <laughs> that lost all of our all of our patreon members and i, was, I like wrote to him i was like what happened to all of them all, all my mem- all, all of my subscribers and i went on twitter and i i just typed in uh patreon and everyone was having this issue so like so they didn't all just uh run out on us you know like, and then oh. you had to send them like a fucking hate message you're like where the fuck did you go that means not welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to be a if you want to be a member of the of the Patreon, just go to patreon.com forward slash conman podcast. Because you can't if you search for us, you won't be able to find us. You have to actually put in patreon.com forward slash comment podcast. For some reason you can't find it in the search bar. It's gotten it's still a shitty app. <laughs> yeah. Patreon, it's it's kind of like America, you know, for every great innovation, mm-hmm. you know, there's we can get some hiccups from time to time. We can get some Indian guy to work on it. Some Im- immigrant from India. Because mm. they know what they're doing. They seem to know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. If you want to get someone's head cut off, call Palestinian. If you want to get something blown up, call the Israelis. Everyone, everyone, there, there's, there's a <laughs> if country. You just, <laughs> every- if, you, if you just want to figure out how to make your fucking, uh, you know, Twitter Mm-hmm. Or Patreon work, call an Indian. That's what you're saying. Yeah, call the Indians, not the Native Americans. 
They're a bunch of drunks. The Cleveland Indians. Yeah. That's what you need to call yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that uh, Christopher Columbus was looking for, they will, they, will, they will make you an app. That's what they're here for. They, it's going to be a, a guy named Stephen Toledo, but he's going to say, my name is Steve from Toledo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, Why not? Why is that strange? <laughs> yeah. What happened with The Rock? You're telling me uh, you got into a Twitter spat with uh, with The Rock. Well, not a spat, but there. What what happened with this? I, I don't know. I don't know what The Rock's uh, issue is with me. I think it's possibly. I don't review any of his movies. I don't know, mm-hmm. but um, basically. After he posted his, he he posted a response video to that video of him and Oprah mm-hmm. while the Maui fires were going on. Yes, they were like hyping up this thing. Where like, donate money to help the people of the Maui fires. Yeah, and it didn't take long for the you know the media to be like, that's kind of weird. They would do that. The, these two combined are worth two point eight billion dollars. Yeah, and they're asking, <laughs> you got to give them, what, $800 million, and they would still have $2 billion? Yeah. And um, The Rock basically made a kind of walking it back video where he's like, um, he did apologize. He's like, I know how it sounded. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's not lost on me how that video sounded. And next time I'll try to do better. Like, I appreciate the, he, he welcomes the kind of uh, the pushback. But then, and he should have just ended it there. But then he kept going. He's like, I know what it's like to try to, like, you know, last thing you want is for somebody to, like, hit you up for money, Mm. for some kind of cause. You know, it's hard enough nowadays to buy things. He's like, and I know what it's like. I used to work paycheck to paycheck. And something in my brain went, like, (laughs) like, alarm, lie, bullshit. Um, So then I had to access my brain, and I was like, okay. I don't think has ever not had money. Like it does that. No. That, that didn't make that didn't compute. Cause I, I remember when he first started in the WWF. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I looked it up. He graduates from college where he played collegiate football at Miami college ball in Miami, in Miami. In 95, he graduates in 1996. He starts with the WWF. So I'm like, when exactly were you living paycheck to paycheck? <laughs> Never. And his, and he has he enjoys uh, the nepotism of his father being a wrestler. Yes, having worked for the McMahon's, and all of his uncles and cousins are all, all wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So he had like nepotism plus. So I'm just like, what? what is this thing about he can relate to us poor people because he knew, he knows what, it like, what it's like to work paycheck to paycheck. I'm like, that makes zero sense. Yeah. And it's like, you don't have to try to relate to us, Rock. That's what people mm-hmm. like about you is that you're not relatable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You seem like a nice guy, but you're not relatable. And that's what people like about it. It's why people love Arnold. Oprah used to suck dick. Like, she's a little more... We like you because you're unusual about it. Oprah used to be... Didn't she used to be, like, a prostitute? Wasn't that her whole story? (laughs) 
Did I just make that up? I thought she was like a, mm. she came from, from like. I believe she graduated from college with like a communications degree or something. And she did, she was, uh, she was like, she did the news. She did the in news. In Chicago for like a long time. And then she ended up getting a, a talk show. I thought she was a whore. I was told she was a whore. Why are you putting me in a position where I have to defend Oprah? <laughs> well, that's just how it is. <laughs> I thought she had a cool story like that. Or maybe she was a whore. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. So, yeah, someone looked that up, even though we have computers. But The Rock was never poor. That's not a thing. All right, I want to look this up. Was Oprah a prostitute? Now the New York Post wants to talk to me about it. I told him I'm not interested yeah. in doing an interview unless you're going to give me a whole lot of money. It says right here, biographer, Oprah called self-teen, self-teen, uh, a self-teen process. This is, it? It's, this is on today.com. Can you zoom in on that? Talk show host described herself as a teenage quote unquote prostitute in a 1993 auto. Why, why, oh, why would it, you do that? And, uh, I clicked on it. <laughs> now ads are going to pop up. Not a, I'm, I'm on brave. It blocks all the ads. So it says biographer Oprah called a self teen prostitute. Got oh there's an ad. Damn it, I was wrong. <laughs> Everything I'm saying is wrong. <laughs> yeah, dude. Except well, for her being a prostitute. I was right about that. Yeah, no, I don't I don't think she was. In her twenty three year career as America's most influential national talk show host. The national just, talk show host. Oh wait, hold on, hold on. Oprah ultimately decided not to. Okay, that she referred to herself as. They keep like it's not. It's like like, it's a, like she's like oh I was like I was pimping myself out. Hmm. You know, like people will describe work they do as I'm pimping myself out for money, but it's like you're not actually exchanging sex for money. It's yeah. just you're just being goofy. Go down to the bottom because it's always like the last thing was like, um, Oprah was actually never a prostitute. Just so you know. We just wanted to hook you in with a stupid fucking. Is that the bottom of it? Let's go. Oh my god! Look how long it is. Just, so embarrassing. Just tell us that she's a whore. Yeah, just go to the bottom where it ends, because that's really where everything will be. Oh, up here. Wait, no, that's not the bottom. Let's keep going. The bottom is the bottom. I thought this was. These were comments. Okay, it says while the book, like Kelly's previous Tell Alls, contains stories in less than flattering light. Kelly made it clear she's an Oprah admirer. Kelly talked about interviewing him about reasons for his daughter's outrageous success and the personal fortune go that came up, with Go back up. Go up. Go back up. Keep going. Well, what did they say before? Keep going up. Keep going up. Okay. Okay, this is a waste of time. Okay, well, so Oprah wasn't a prostitute. Stop it! You weren't a prostitute. You weren't. Yeah, you made that up. Like, how? When did you, were you a, pro- a prostitute? How did you get that famous that fast? She's probably like a psychopath. She probably has this crazy backstory because I think they were trying to make her relatable. But she was, if she's a prostitute, prostitute, how is that relatable? I guess because she was poor, maybe. Was she yeah, poor? It, it, just say that she was poor. It's like I, I live paycheck to paycheck. I know what it's like. It's like no. And and Oprah comes I out. Like, to say, I see a load shot in my. I gotta see this. Like being poor as a child. Can't talk about that when you're an adult. It's lame. It's contrived and stupid. It's like people talking about like 
Like, I used to have a fucking drug problem, but I was able to, you know, I was crazy. I had, I have crazy drug stories. It's like, no one cares about that. That's mm-hmm. not fucking interesting anymore. No. It just It just means you're a loser. Yeah. Okay? Every fucking rock star that's died because of drugs is because mm-hmm. they're a fucking loser. There was a period of time where it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, they were like this troubled artist, and then they ended up fucking ODing or fucking choking on their own vomit or killing themselves, and it's like... That was cool for a while, but now we live in the era of, like, we know a little bit more about uh, self-care and, you know, yeah, it, people, being, like, there's, and, and and everyone's medicated, you know what I mean? Like, the it, whole yeah, idea of, like, mental health mm-hmm. is not this vague thing where it's like, oh, they're not crazy, they're not a crazy drug addict, they're a music addict who just happened to not die, mm-hmm. and you made a, uh, some music that people like, it's like, that portion of your life story is no longer cool or interesting anymore. So people need to stop with that. And that along with, uh, I was, I was, I grew up poor and look at me now. It's like, I don't care. I don't find that interesting or admirable or I don't, you know, it's not relatable to me. I'm like, you were poor. Why your parents were terrible. (laughs) And that's why you're terrible. You're just a rich, terrible person now. Oh, shut up. Silly woman. It, it's it's like all this shit, like, um, and, and a lot of people try to do this that aren't funny, where they'll be like, oh, yeah, I was, I was doing, like, they, they just talk about doing drugs all the time. That's their whole, that's their whole bit is being a drug addict, like being a junkie. Like, yeah. when I was growing up, like, when I listened to rap music that I grew up with, in on drugs, they would talk about selling drugs, and anyone that was, like, doing fucking smoking crack was a junkie. But now, like people will talk about it, like, oh yeah, I was, I was, I was doing all these drugs last night, and they, they, it's kind of hack, you know what I mean? It's crazy hack. It's overdone. Um, I mean, there are the that, and all the people who are the most interesting and mm-hmm. good at taking their drug experience and presenting it as something consumable, mm-hmm. like. That market is gone. It's like trying to sell fucking, I don't know. What's something that no one buys anymore? It's like trying to sell a fucking, a shake weight. Yeah. It's like a lot of shake weights got sold at, in, in their day. Yeah. But it, no one's buying that now. You're not, you're not going to suddenly have a resurgence of shake weight shits that people are going to like look at with fresh eyes and be like, Ooh, maybe I do want to buy that to, to work out mm-hmm. with. That's now. Yeah. Also, it's lame. Also, is there a guy more annoying than the weed guy? That that's all they talk about. They're like, man, we gotta legalize weed. You're like, you're still talking about that? Yeah. When, I fucking hate the weed guy. He's annoying. Yeah. When Joe Rogan was always talking about weed, I always found that really annoying. I'm like, dude, I've been smoking weed since I was 11, mm-hmm. and it lost all of its charm by the time I was 16. Yeah. Because, because when I was 16, my parents were like, you have to work. You have to. Graduate from high school and you must work. Yeah. If you want to live in this house, those are the only two rules. I yeah. didn't have necessarily a curfew. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents were like, you will work and you will, you will graduate high school because I didn't live in a house where it's like, well, we need to get you ready for college. College wasn't something that was discussed. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was raised by people who went to vocational school. So, you know, 
yeah. a nurse and electrician raised me. So they weren't like, we need to, you need to get ready to take your SATs. Like there was no, I took no SATs. It was not on my family's radar. Yeah. So but I don't use that as like a, <laughs> I'm fucking Mr. Fucking uh, common man guy. I'm just like, just, ugh, that's so gross to me. Yeah. Because people are just like, I'm just, I'm just hardworking common man. <laughs> I'm the every man. But you know who, so speaking of drugs. I sell vapes in the mall Ugh. at a uh, kiosk, but I dress like I work yeah. on, uh, for the railroad. <laughs> they I'm a the coal Pal miner. Send the Palestinians in there just just start fucking ripping those people's heads off. What, That's what I mall? say. That's what I say. People work at kiosks in the mall? Selling you vapes. The shoe shine. I'm going to call him the shoe shine boy. That sounds racist, but uh, what I mean is, like, mm -hmm. he's an adolescent. It's never a guy who's, like, 25. Mm -hmm. Some guy who's in high school with a with a terrible fade. Yeah. Uh, with di fake diamond earrings who's, like, like, like. Selling you CDs. Like, hey, man, let me, let me fucking shine your shoes and shit. I'm just, like, how demeaning. <laughs> Get a real job. Yeah, it's not like it's classy place that shines your shoes. It's like, let me shine your fucking, your new balances. It's like, no. Like, go, go get a real job, son. Get a real job. So so a person that was, that uh, that that is mentioned as like a drug addict, is, is a guy we're going to talk about today. Mm. We're, we're, we're talking about, this is, we're continuing the serial killer theme for all of October. And the, the one... And we've talked about him uh, quite a bit on the show. When I was, that, and this is why I wanted to do a whole show on him. His name's Richard Ramirez. And yeah, the Night Stalker. <laughs> um, for, so this guy, he for over a year, just terrified California. Like he, he did... His his uh, killings happened in Los Angeles and and then and then San Francisco at times. Most of them in L.A., some of them in uh, San Francisco. Um, he accounted for thirteen murders and dozens of rapes. So a little different from from last week's episode, where where the the, the serial killers were not they weren't they weren't sexually charged. They just wanted to murder. Richard Ramirez was like very he was a very sexual dude. He was weird. He's very sexual. Yeah. Also had a bunch of fans. People would send like a lot of women would send him um, a lot of letters. He would send these really explicit letters to these women. It's mind-boggling, isn't it? Yeah. Have you ever read any of his letters? They're creepy. <laughs> because it's mind-boggling to you. Yeah. <laughs> One caught me off guard. <laughs> um. Yeah, so he would, uh, so his whole MO, he would break into these people people's houses. He would, uh, he would rob them because he was a vagrant. So, like, whenever he, he moved out there to California, he didn't have any money. He was, like, a vagrant? Like, he was just homeless? Yeah, he was homeless. Oh, my God. I knew homeless people were evil. Mm -hmm. All of them are. Most of them. Mm -hmm. Almost all of them. Uh, so he, he would rob them. He would, like, steal their cars. He would then he would he would break into the houses, and uh, he would rape the women. 
he if they're like with a with like their husband or boyfriend in the same house, he would kill them. He would shoot them. He he's one of these serial killers that one of the rare ones that actually used a gun. Mm-hmm. A lot of like for most serial killers, they they actually want to kill the person with their hands. They want they they need to be quiet. Guns are loud. Mm-hmm. Guns draw attention. They're also not creative. Like they want they're they're kind well, of well they're efficient. They they're yeah they're very, very efficient. efficient unless you want to. Do something like, um, unless you're trying to pose the bodies in such a way or mm-hmm. knowing that they'll be found or something or desecrate them in some way, knowing that they'll be found. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his his killings were, they're all very different and in, in same. At, and yeah, they're same at the same time. You know what I mean? So he would use uh, like a plethora of different weapons. Like there was ones where he used like machetes. There was times where he just used gun. There's times where he used hammers. Like he didn't have one tool that he always used. His I think his mo was he would break into the house. He would um, later on in his killings, um, he would force them to pledge their allegiance to Satan because he was a Satanist. This is like this is pretty much peak satanic panic which is like an 84 85 84 85 is when he did most of his killing uh, yeah 84 85 he went on that crime spree they had no fucking idea who this guy was yeah that, i mean that was kind of like like when the satanic panic was really starting to kick off mm-hmm. and then it would just get white hot mm-hmm. by the time the 90s started early 90s it was just like fuck yeah it was bad it was when they were fucking censoring albums and Parents would have uh, demonstrations where they would just like smash fucking records and CDs with fucking sledgehammers. And yeah, shit on the news. Yeah, Ronald Reagan. What's uh, Ronald Reagan's wife? Um, Nancy. Was it Reagan or who was it? No, that you're was thinking of Tipper Gore. Yeah, Tipper Gore. Al Gore's wife. What a fucking stupid family that is. When when are we gonna do a review of an inconvenient truth? <laughs> Damn, I, f- I completely forgot about that. We have to do that. Because a lot of things in The Inconvenient Truth never came true. Almost none of it did. Yeah, we were supposed to be underwater by 20... Was it 2012? 2010, 2012? Didn't Around that time, yeah. Didn't happen. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah. <laughs> we're uh, not coming to you from a submarine, just in case you guys were wondering. California and Florida are still there. Like, we still have like, oh, what... Like, I remember when I was in school, I had teachers telling me that, like, yeah, when you're an adult, California is going to be halfway underwater. And it's, like, the opposite. Or it's going <laughs> to, the old, it's going to snap off and go into the ocean. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's about as likely as saying, like, Nebraska is going to snap off and float into space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ground's holding it down. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. It has its own gravity. Mm-hmm. And, and once it dislodges... It goes back into space. It'll and just then it starts over. It'll just fly into and, and it'll fly into our atmosphere, catch yes. on fire, and then fall back down and then kill all of us. Yeah, I so Richard Ramirez. He's from my hometown. He's from El Paso, Texas, and I I remember growing up, and my like, like my aunt, my aunt Patty would tell me that um down the street from us. We have we had like this ditch, and she was like, "Don't go there at night because they're doing satanic rituals over there," and it freaked me out. 
So I, I don't. Dude, that wouldn't work on I me. Mean, I'd be like, oh fuck, I'm immediately going there. But I liked it because I was. I liked. Um, I've um, like every Friday night we'd watch scary movies. We watch like Up All Night, all that kind of shit every Friday. And she would tell us all this, all this like freaky stuff. And it wasn't, it wasn't true for uh, that I know of. But she was like, they they do because we they're like where where I lived, which is which it was the north. It, it is northeast El Paso. That's where I grew up on. And it was like the newer side of town, so it was like mostly desert. Mm-hmm. So like she was like telling us like, oh yeah, they're like where they're building houses. They're also like they're they're like sacrificing animals out there, burning fucking pentagrams, like a bunch of cool shit. I was like, dang, like it, yeah. it was scary. I was like, I'm not going outside at night. Yeah, I that I mean, I mean, what what years are we talking about here? This was like 1994. 94. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a magical time where yeah, that was the thing. I mm-hmm. I have a lot of older uh, uh, cousins. I I had cousin when I was like, you know, between like three and like six. Mm-hmm. Um, all my my older cousins were in high school, and they were all just these rowdy ass chicks, mm-hmm. and they would come babysit me and my brother <laughs> all the time. Yeah, and they would just fill our fucking heads with like. Shit, where it's just like if you go out, there's a killer. There's a, there's a killer in the neighborhood. If you go outside, they'll fucking kill you. So you can't fucking like shit like that. Yeah. And they would bring in their Same. boyfriends and smoke weed and fuck in my mom's bed and get drunk and shit and then just mm-hmm. fill her. Because a little kid now could just look that up online and be like, yeah, that's not true. Yeah, no. They're just trying to scare me. But then it's just like mm-hmm. you would just old wives' tales to spook people. Yeah, you guys missed out. Fun. Like get, getting freaked out like that. It was fun. Like my. My cousin, I remember he he used to listen to Marilyn Manson, and this mm. was like later '90s. And they were like, "Oh yeah, he worships the devil now. We can't hang out with him." And like it was funny. Like he on my Mexican side, he was basically shunned. They're like, "He's a he's a he, he worships the devil." And I had another cousin that was a mo- like an underwear model. My grandpa was like, "Yeah, he can't come here. He's gay." Who is an underwear model? <laughs> one of my cousins. <laughs> The Satanist? No, the, the other one. Marilyn Manson or an, some other one? It was another cousin. Oh so, God. like, the, the gay one and the satanic cousin, two different people, mm-hmm. were, didn't, they did not want them in the house. And your <laughs> uncle was like. No, my grandfather. Oh, so grandpa, you can go over to grandpa's house and. Yeah. Why are you gay? Yeah. That's what you'd be saying around the dinner table and you're just like, what is happening but, right now? It was funny. It was like my cousin. It was my cousin. Uh, yeah, it was one of my cousins. I want to say his name, but it was funny. Every time we saw him, we were like, "Yeah, I heard you're gay because you because you model." He's <laughs> like, "I'm not gay," but he's not actually gay. No, he's not gay. He's like, I have a cousin who's gay. My cousin William. He's mm-hmm. actually gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he invited me to his wedding. I didn't go. I still feel bad about it. Oh, because he got married, like, to a man. Well, yeah. So yeah, a groom and a groom. I just did a wedding that had it was a lesbian wedding. I actually just did back to back lesbian weddings. They're lesbian. they're getting ma- they're getting married like crazy right now, guys. But <laughs> don't worry, God. they're not procreating. <laughs> yo, yo, just kidding. Yo, get yourself a lesbian before all the other lesbians take them away. They're running out, guys. Ladies are disappearing. There's a run on lesbians <laughs> so that, that want to marry straight guys and have. Street sex with them. Yep. So anyways, El Paso, Texas, Richard Ramirez, he went to Jefferson High School. Like, he was born in 1960s, 1960, 
went to Jefferson High School, which is kind of crazy. I talked about this before the show with you. Is he grew? He's my father's age, and he lived maybe a mile and a half, or maybe two miles away from my dad. So I want to ask my dad: Did you ever run into Richard Ramirez? I'm sure he doesn't know, but Richard Ramirez was like really into like uh, like metal. Mm-hmm. He's in the rock music. That's why the whole Satan stuff. When you see pictures of 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 uh, of Richard Ramirez, he has like long hair and he's like that. He's doing the devil horns. Like my dad has the same exact pictures of himself before he went to the Navy. Was he would drive around in like this kind of van? They would go and party. They would go to like bonfires, like shit like that. That was the thing to do. He was that guy. Yeah, like he probably ran into the same people as Richard Ramirez. Yeah, because how many metalheads could there possibly have been, you know? Mm -hmm. The likelihood is probably pretty good, I'd imagine. Yeah, and he, so, he lived in this whole area. This is like South Central El Paso, which is very poverty-stricken. It's not that far from from the border. Everything close to the border in El Paso is is old, it's poor, it's shitty. Ooh, I hate that. Gross. A lot of history. Uh, Pancho Villa has, like... Was was like just banging whores in El Paso back in the day. <laughs> so like he has like a lot of uh, um, he has yeah. A, that's how my great grandmother came into the country through uh, through tunnels or from Pancho Villa. Pancho Villa. Fuck yeah! That, she was a child sex slave for his gang. Oh, oh Jesus! Pancho Villa fucked. Yeah, he did. Um. So there's a lot of history there. Uh, the neighborhood he grew up in no longer exists because I was looking it up. I was like, where Where does he live? I want to go, go see his house. Sure, garbage people. They weren't meant to, you know, be there for generation after generation. Yeah, they're going to build them on floodplains. So it's the house disgusting. is on a fl- floodplain. fucking reason this country's going down the drain. 2006, there was a, there was a major flood in El Paso, and it, it wiped out fucking older houses out over there. His house, if anyone's ever been to El Paso, there is a... Spaghetti Bowl, which um, there's it, it, it's uh, I think it's three different highways. You got like I ten, you have uh, fifty four, and then you have like Border Highway, and then that kind of, kind of makes like a this whole Spaghetti Bowl looking mm-hmm. thing. He lived in the houses under it, and living under one of those, it must have been fucking loud and terrifying <laughs> and awful. It's like living next to a train, next to a train track. Yeah, I live next to a train track. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean you hear it all the time, and these houses are older so it's not like they had thick windows or anything like you're hearing everything it's like the beginning of scarface yes he, he exactly ba- he basically lived in freedom town yeah yeah that's exactly how it was he lived in this really shitty house um completely normal like everyone that that people were talking about richard ramirez as a, as a child like some i saw this documentary with people that grew up with him and they're like, yeah, when he was a kid, he was like completely normal, really funny kid. He was very friendly, very charismatic. And and it's it's weird. Like the most interesting thing about serial killers is like how how the fuck how do they turn into this like monster? Yeah. That's that's the uh, that's the question, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like it, 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 it's intriguing. It seems like the answer is it. It depends. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like neglect or abuse from a mother um, that seems to increase. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that seems to seems to increase the odds 
you know? Yeah. Um, like Dahmer's mom was like crazy. She was mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Charles Manson's mom basically tried to sell him. <laughs> like was like, just yeah. was like a total dirt bag, you know? Mm. It, yeah. It's, it's like nature versus nurture. Like how much does it have to do with nature? How much, like, are you just born? Like one little thing can like completely fuck with your chemical like balance. Mm-hmm. So there's always been serial killers. It's not like a new thing. Like it, it's got to be like the cane gene or something where you just, where you will murder and it doesn't affect you. Like you get like Richard Ramirez get, got like sexual, uh, like it was sexual for him to murder somebody. Mm-hmm. And he also raped them like as they're, when they're dead or, or wait, before he killed them, he would rape them. So it was like, it was, it was sexually gratifying for him to do, th- do these murders yeah, absolutely. You know, and but he's one of those dudes that was like raping old ladies. Yes. What's that about? That's yeah. It, it was. It's weird because when you look at his victims, a lot of them were older ladies, but mm. also some of them were like little girls, sometimes little boys. So I think. Hey, I had, you, sir. Are you waiting to receive my limp penis? Yeah, and uh, so I think it had to do with being vulnerable. He would attack the vulnerable. So like sure. children and elderly people are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And um, so when he's in like elementary school, in middle school, he's completely normal. But his friends were saying that it wasn't until he got to high school where he started becoming like his personality started to change a little bit. Yeah, and and some of these documentaries are they're kind of stupid. I they're they're trying to say that like oh he started he started doing cocaine and he was he was experimenting with LSD and that's what made him turn into it. It that's not there. I know a lot of people that do cocaine and LSD. They're not serial killers. They're saying that's why it changed his personality. So that didn't, that, that that never made sense to me. It's like the whole satanic panic thing. It's just like. They're just trying to scare you. Don't do drugs. Yeah, it's the it's the Nancy Reagan say no to drugs era. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's I don't know if it's 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 a combination of things. Yeah, it's you know it's you got to have the just the right amount of abuse and the right environment where you just sort of like experiment. Ex- that experimentation period seems. Mm. You know, like a like a common thread. Yes. Where you start killing animals or you know, it's or you at least fantasize. That's probably where the sexual component comes in, is you fantasize about killing people. Yeah. But then like like that that's tied to sex pretty pretty well because that what like you what other scenarios really do you have that much control over somebody? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, the, those you're, those are the you're sexual. fucking someone in the ass. Yeah, you're being vulnerable. Well, you 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 have maximum control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the person that's getting fucked in the ass this is being vulnerable. <laughs> They're the one being vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, and then you have all the control. And and good job for them. Yes, feel yeah, good. Some, some <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, I'm on Team Human. I care about you. I appreciate you. I love you, Richard Ramirez. So 
this is where things got fucked up. Because it wasn't <laughs> the drugs. This is how it started. And the people around him, this is nurture. This is part of this exacerbated, this psychopath. So he had a cousin, a close cousin named Mike or Miguel. It's all passive. So Ma- Mike is Miguel? Yeah. Mike is that. English for Miguel. Uh, Mike was a Vietnam vet. He was this, so a much older cousin. Yes. So yeah. he would. Um, he's this decorated like Green Beret that was over there. And in, in, he, he he's not alive, is he? I don't know if he's still. He's probably he might still be alive, or, or he's really old. I bet that guy has some fucking great stories. <laughs> <laughs> so insane. Yeah, he should be in jail. So when uh, when he returned home from Vietnam, he would show a 12-year-old Richard Ramirez uh, pictures of women that he allegedly raped and killed. He showed, like, people that were, like, mutilated, decapitated. And he would, like, he would show them these, like, really gruesome, like, fucked up pictures. You like watching people get fucked for free? He would show pictures of war crimes to Richard Ramirez. Really? <laughs> Yeah, uh, like some of these people were dismembered, decapitated. And he, they're all on these Polaroid photos. Wow. Yeah, real real messed up stuff. Like, I guess you couldn't show them videos. I, I bet you Richie Ramirez would want to see the, the, the three guys on Hammer. He'd probably be into that. He'd probably find that really interesting. Yeah. Uh, Mike... Mike would teach uh, Richie how to, um, like, he would teach him some of his techniques, like how to how to kill, how to be in stealth, how to like slay people in the dark. Like, this was all a big part of their slay people in the dark. My yeah. God, that's so that's so uh, so ominous sounding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh richie was he was he wasn't repulsed by the photos he said this like in in interviews and and because he had a lot of communications with the outside world he would send letters he sent these really sexually explicit letters that i got to read i don't know if you've ever read them but they're they're pretty fucking gross i wouldn't even want to read them <laughs> i wouldn't want to yeah, say it out loud i mean it's not too uncommon i know uh gacy was was a lot like that. He just like talking about fucking, fucking. Yeah, because Richie, when you see pictures of him, he's not a bad looking dude, and still, until you see his teeth, his teeth were like rotting out of his head because he all he did was he would just eat candy and fucking drink sodas and and, he, uh, and do cocaine apparently. Yeah, and he wouldn't brush his teeth. He refused to brush his teeth. So when you see like his first mugshot, you can see his teeth. And like every other tooth is like riding out of his skull. It looks fucking terrifying. He looks like a, he literally looks like a monster. Yeah. 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 Um, Gross. Good dental hygiene is important. Yeah. We want our listeners to understand that. Understand that we understand that. Nothing is more painful than having, than having like your teeth start to fuck up. Oh, dude. It's, it's so mentally. And uh, financially taxing. Yeah. Like paying for fucking, I have a lot of fucking root canals and crowns and shit. It's so expensive and so time consuming. It hurts. I don't know. I, ha- I have kind of a, I kind of enjoy having dental work done on me. You you said you enjoy it? I kind of enjoy it. Why? I just like the way it feels. 
I like the way my gums feel after they've been kind of like yanked around with metal hooks and stuff like that. I know that sounds weird, but it's, I used to hate going to the dentist and just in the past few years, I kind of enjoy it. Like I enjoy getting my, my teeth cleanings. I like how fucking rigidly sterile and clean my teeth feel. Oh, and they're like smooth when you touch them? Yeah, and you can feel in between every tooth. It just feels like a gap where you can feel the air passing between your teeth. So switch to my computer. and This is what Richard Ramirez, he looks like. His teeth were... He, I think he had to get all these teeth removed. Yeah, his and he has terrible, terrible skin. Yeah. Look at yeah, you could tell like he has like the the pot pot marks or poth marks. Is it poth marks or pot? It's pock. Oh pock. Damn, I got <laughs> completely wrong. Yeah. So this is Richard Ramirez. Teeth are all fucked up because you just eat candy. I think he got. I think he did eventually get his teeth replaced. So like, uh, which I don't know how we how we how we how we replaced all his teeth. Like it didn't really. I didn't really get too deep into his his dental history. Well, the next episode, we'll go into the dental history of American <laughs> serial killers. <laughs> Stay tuned. So, uh, Mike, cousin Mike, he he got into this argument with his wife, and and of course, Rich, Richard Ramirez was at his house a lot, and um, Mike gets into this altercation with his wife. Oh, shut up! Silly woman. Yeah, and he tell, tells her that multiple times, and then shoots her in the face and kills her. Oh, jeez. So kill, kills his wife right in front of, of Richard Ramirez. And he, he, he mentioned he was, like, fascinated by watching her die. Didn't traumatize him at all. So we saw it. He was like, whoa, what is this? It's the first time he had... It's probably the first time he had seen someone die in real life, like, right in front of him. Yeah. Uh. That was very traumatic. How about how old was he? Twelve. He was like twelve. He was twelve, 12 or he might have been fourteen at that at that time. Wow. Well, yeah, you're going through puberty. Your body, like the hormones in your body, are changing you, and then you see this mm-hmm. hyper violent uh, scenario take place, mm-hmm. being done by an adult that you look up to, yeah, and admire. Like that's got to be a huge. That's got to be a huge piece of his serial killer mind. Like what turned him? Mm-hmm. Like that moment must have been huge. Yeah, yeah. He it's yeah. Mike was a big influence on him. It must. Mike does his killing, gets charged with murder, and they find him innocent because, or they found him not guilty, not innocent. They mm-hmm. found him not guilty uh, because of uh, reasons of insanity. He goes to. A mental host, uh, hospital for like three years. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> how, how does he get out for, like, how did he get away with insanity? Like, uh, post the, it was the, it, the, the PTSD. Courts, the courts back then were probably like, all right, but what did what did she say to you? <laughs> what was she wearing? What did she say to you? Oh well, yeah. I mean, I shoot my wife. Case closed. <laughs> you could you'll spend the summer at a. Uh, at the Terminator 2 fucking uh, uh, psych ward. Yeah. And then uh, you'll be out in time for Halloween. Yeah. He was a, my wife called me gay. Like, well, you got to get shot in the face for that. Because he's his lawyer. He's like, okay. And for the record, are you gay? No, he, I'm not. He was like, it was like 
Obviously, he's he's slander. <laughs> slander. Slander is worse is, than murder. Yeah. Well, you know what? His wife is going to be on trial now. <laughs> we basically hate everyone. And we're a bunch of assholes, and we don't want. Any, we don't care if everyone likes us, and we hate everyone who likes us, and everyone's gay, and we hate you. <laughs> so, I love that. <laughs> I love that that sound clip. Uh, so during the same time, uh, he Richard Ramirez is not getting along with his dad. His dad's like your typical like first generation Mexican immigrant. He's really tough on him. Um, my, I, I want to keep, keep bringing my dad up in this, but my dad had the same thing with his dad. Like my grandfather, he was really, he's really tough on them because they were like, we're going to be American. And you guys, uh, I mean, you're, it's a lot of pressure. I'm not, I'm not saying abusing your kids is right, but this, especially like, history of, of, uh, of how these fathers are. They, they just beat the shit out of their kids. I'm, I'm not for beating your kids, but he has, he had the same, that, that's, that's just kind of like how these, these old school Mexican immigrant fathers were. They're really oh, tough. I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I grew up with people like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I clump that into, uh, the, uh, people who glorify being criminals or doing drugs or yeah, like, that's just part of my story is like my parents beat the fuck out of me. And they kind of, they rather just say it flat out or they insinuate like that's, that's how you become a fucking good person or a fucking whatever. Or that's how you end up cool is getting your ass kicked when you were a kid. It's like, no. Yeah. Like that's not like, so when you act out as an adult, as a violent idiot, Mm -hmm. people are like, well, yeah, you were raised by violent idiots. Mm hmm. And I'm sorry they beat you when you were the, when you were a child, but you're now you're stupid and the damage can't be undone. Yeah, that doesn't make you cool or something. I just hate when people use that as a crutch. Yes, to justify who they are now. It's like just that's that's not an excuse. Mm-hmm. A lot of people got hit and didn't fucking behave like certain people. Yeah, yeah. He he beating your kids is. I'm not gonna tell people how how to raise your kids, but I, I I'm just not the type that's going to raise that's going to beat my own kids. I, I don't think it's don't any- beat them. You know, just use your words. You and you know, you could say like, "Fix your shit, Nick." <laughs> Straighten them right out. Yeah, <laughs> my my dad called me the N word for the first ten years of my life. <laughs> now, you now thought I, that was your name. Yeah, now I mentally abuse women. <laughs> At least I'm not hitting them. Uh, so. To escape some of this this violent or or whatever he was having with his father, being abused by his father, he 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 didn't want to sleep at his own home, so he started sleeping in the cemetery. He's, he's very goth. It's a very goth move. Yeah, we're gonna sleep in the cemetery. Yeah, he he was like obsessed with all the satanic stuff and all the like. Really, he was more goth than than metal. Um, but he would sleep in the Concordia. Uh, cemetery, which is like the oldest cemetery in El Paso. So if when you're when you're going uh, when you're passing, you can you actually pass it when you're driving through El Paso mm-hmm. off of I ten. Um, say you're going like west through El Paso, you're going to see it on your left side as you're passing the 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 spaghetti bowl. It's a really cool looking cemetery because it's so old and there's so many different. Uh, People that have been buried there. It's, it's fucking, it's, it's mad. I wouldn't say it's massive. It just looks cool. It looks like an old cemetery. Old cemeteries are pretty cool. 
Yeah, you have like these really big headstones, like and some of them. And some of them are just so small and withered mm-hmm. and just knocked over. Yeah, it, it's like who was that person? You know, it's spooky. It's a spooky cemetery. <laughs> we're we're in a Halloween Halloween mood, so I think we get some cemetery banter in here. Oh, uh, uh, ooh, <laughs> it's like like look here's 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 like a shot of it. Look at that! Look how spooky. It is. It's a cool fucking... It's like surrounded by mountains and there's like trees in it. And yeah. It's, it's, very, very, it's very densely packed. Look at all those fucking tombstones. Mm-hmm. Layers and layers. You can actually take a tour there. Ew, what the hell? Did somebody put a fucking... That's your tombstone? Oh, that's a crib. Oh, my God. <laughs> they weren't... Probably weren't even a baby. They were just like, I want to... I want to... I want a bassinet as my tombstone. Ooh, I want to be weird and different. I want to be weird and different. <laughs> like, what the fuck does this mean? <laughs> it says that on the on the cradle tombstone. It says I want to be weird and different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine walking past that after mm. you know visiting a loved one, or or like going to visit a loved one and fucking this fourteen year old kid is just like sleeping there. Being all weird and eating and, eating candy and doing cocaine <laughs> and, and not brushing his teeth. <laughs> instead of a, instead of a crib tomb, yeah, <laughs> he's sleeping inside the crib tomb. Yeah, <laughs> listening to the Bauhaus. Yeah. Uh, so eventually, uh, Richie starts. Uh, he moves in with his sister Ruth, and. Uh, Richie began, she, he began hanging out with her husband, uh, Roberto. So Roberto was a peeping Tom and he was proud of it. <laughs> He's a weird fucking family, by the way. I don't know if you, if you guys are uh, catching on to that. Roberto would take the 14 year old, uh, Richie, uh, uh, he would take Richie out on his peeping Tom like runs. He's like, <laughs> he was just like, Hey, you want, you want to come with? You want to go? You want to go see the? You want to go see some ladies? Kick their clothes off? Sick. Yeah. So they go on these runs and just watch. They would. He he taught them. He taught him, young fourteen year old uh, Richard Ramirez, how to look into a window and not be seen. Mm. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So he would spy on women getting undressed. So remember, Mike was released a few years later and he started, he was like, Hey, can I come hang with? Can I, can I be part of the crew? The peeping Tom crew? Sure. Come on in. Yeah, let's go. And then like Mike starts teaching them. Like, he's like, he's like, you want to get really stealthy. I'll teach you how the green berets sneak on people and fucking take their heads off. So we're doing, they were doing a little stalker Stalker mm-hmm. uh, meetup group. Mm-hmm. That's cool. They didn't kill anybody though, so that, that's a good thing. They would. There. It was. It was. It was harmless. I mean, it's pretty awful <laughs> to be. Someone's just looking. By the way, put get some blinds. Why are you getting dressed? I, I, I never understood yeah. the whole peeping tom thing. Why don't you just close your window? Yeah, like in here. Yeah, right no. here is completely blacked out. Yeah, there's blinds. There's a sound curtain that's completely black. Mm-hmm. And then there's blackout curtains on top of that. Like, we're in a little cocoon right now. No light is coming in here. No one's peeping into this room. It's no. not happening. No. 
But I guess I guess when you're a peeping Tom, you just like know, like, oh, um, this house over here, this lady never closes their windows. Mm. It's like they're asking for it. Not my yeah. words. <laughs> it's like they're asking yeah. for it. They're not actually asking yeah. for it. But it's, I'll it's, put some quotes on that. It's like they're asking it, for they're it. They're asking for it. Yeah. No, peeping Toms are fucking creeps. It's like nut cheese. It's just, you know, it's like cheese, but yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's very unassuming. So, yeah. Um, obviously, these experiences, like, help form Richard Ramirez into this guy. Like, it, it, it was very influential. He was, like, learning. It's kind of like watching a kung fu movie. You're like, how? where did he learn how to how to kick like that? How did he learn how to do this and that? Mm. That's what it felt like. He was so over here. Like, so it's like Kill Bill where mm-hmm. you get a flashback scene of him learning the ways from like Pi May. <laughs> yeah. He's sitting there like <laughs> punching the board over and over again. Exactly. But it's just they have like a window and yeah. he has to peer, try to peek through the window. And mm-hmm. Pi May sees him. He just throws salt in his eyes. Like, <laughs> do it again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nice little Is montage. Is that what you mean by kung fu movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's just a montage of him. Training he, how to peep through windows and not yeah. get caught. And then it's just him. Oh, I got salt in my eye. Yeah. It's like you got to. Him getting caught. Mm-hmm. That's cool. By his, his fucking psychopath cousin. That's, and his that's the next cousin. Tarantino film. Make this movie, Tarantino. Yeah, he already did was a once upon a time and Hollywood was sort of like, you know, they had Charles Manson in there, mm-hmm. the Manson family, maybe his 10th and final film will be a Richard Ramirez, also a Los Angeles movie, mm-hmm. you know, but you see like who was his master who taught him how to, you know, and there's like a training montage, <laughs> you know, with, with a, with a score behind it by the RZA or someone like that. Nice. I, I think I would like more of like an eighties theme music. Like, because montages were great in the yeah, 80s. Yeah, we'll get Tangerine Dream to reform, and they will make the soundtrack for it. He finally, he finally figures it out. Finally, gets to look at a at a woman taking off her clothes, and, and that's, then the Jan Hammer soundtrack swells behind it. Yeah, and then it then it fades to him to moving to Los Angeles mm-hmm. as a vagrant. That, I I think that'd be great. I think yeah. I'll contact Quentin. Tonight and tell him. Look into the camera and, and, and talk to Tarantino. Go. Uh, Quentin, uh, this uh, we, their 10th and final movie, I strongly suggest, is a Night Stalker film. But it's going to be it's in, fun. in the styling of Kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs> we make Richard Ramirez uh, likable. Yeah, there'll be like funny banter with him and his Coke dealer and <laughs> the corner store he goes to to buy, you know, Snickers bars and stuff like that. And yeah, you know, I'm thinking something kind of like, kind of like taxi driver. Um, mm, like if you ever seen the movie, the, uh, the toolbox murders, mm-hmm. which is a very mean spirited movie about the, the actual toolbox murders. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's like, if you made that movie fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone yes. who's seen the Toolbox Murders like you can't make that movie Fuck. fun. It's so not fun. <laughs> that yeah. might be next week's episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, yeah, yeah. If anybody wants us to just do an episode where we just 
come up with movies <laughs> based on whatever, like just make them the most awful people ever to live yeah. and make them likable. It's like whose line is it anyway? But it's yes, like, and it, but it's a movie. <laughs> it's a yes, and. yeah. It's like you're pitching a film, but you don't know what the film is. You're yeah. just making it up as you go along. <laughs> I could do a show like that. Oh, that every rules. Day. That's a great idea. Great Holy idea. shit. <laughs> so, um, Ramirez still in El Paso, still in high school, ninth grade. He st- he takes up a job at at the Holiday Inn. He uses his master key to like spy on on women, and he would rob them when they would leave. He would steal their stuff. Uh, Ramirez ends up molesting two children in the hotel elevator. He, I guess he just in the elevator. Yeah, that's creepy, right? Like just like dude, just, that's a scene in a movie. It off. He just there it is. <laughs> Could you picture that in a movie? How terrifying. The kids look in, in, into the camera like, oh, no. No, you have to. I guess have, you can't make that one funny. You have to have a, like a close-up of the kid's like scared face, and then it's like a close-up of Ramirez like looking down at the kid, and then it cuts to the little the little, the little board of numbers representing floors that like, like bing, bing, bing. <laughs> oh my like God. every floor that goes by. Is, How's it going to be likable? I'm trying to figure out how you can make him likable. It's got to be a huge hotel just for movies. Yeah. Okay? It's, it's on the 97th floor is where the kid is trying to get to, and they're on the they're in the lobby. So it's like ding, ding, ding. So this is where, where it kind of turns into a hostile. Remember the beginning hostile? You're like, this is a horror movie? And then all of a sudden they, they start fucking gouging people's eyes out. You're like, oh, it's a horror movie. I thought it was a comedy. So it goes from comedy to fucking horror movie when it's in ninth grade. Oh, sure. We, yeah, we can. So you want it to be fairly, uh, you want it to be kind of light and upbeat, mm-hmm. a lot of it, and then and then the very end, like Django or something. It's where, opposite uh, newscast like we were talking about. It starts off light and ends up dark. And does it end dark, or does he uh, does Ramirez get his comeuppance? Um, I, I guess he does get his comeuppance because okay. he does he does terrify a whole city, a whole state, basically, because it was two mm-hmm. different cities, and much of LA. I, I'm sure you're pretty familiar with LA. I know you're a Northern mm-hmm. California guy, but you know about all the areas in there. It's a huge city. LA is enormous. It's so fucking big. There's so many different like little suburbs and and little cities and you think you're like oh like I'm like you hardly you're hardly ever in Los Angeles. It's like a city that's similar that I've lived in is Phoenix. Phoenix is like that. You're never actually in Phoenix. You're actually you're like oh I'm in Scottsdale. I'm in Tempe. I'm in Glendale. Yeah. I'm in whatever Mesa. Yeah, yeah that area. That are, yeah, it's really huge over there. Mm-hmm. It's like. Like Tempe and Arizona and Chandler and like mm-hmm. all those cities. Mm-hmm. It's like four million fucking people. Yeah. It's huge. It's really huge. But they're really good at everything in Phoenix is, you know, enormous. Yeah. They say everything in Texas is bigger, but I'm like. Go to Phoenix. F- go to fucking Phoenix and go yeah. drive on those like pristine clean highways where there's just like 200 empty lanes. Yeah, like the 101, you're like, oh my god, this is huge. Yeah. It's you, like 20, there's there's like, never traffic in Phoenix. Is that a thing? Oh, <laughs> there is. <laughs> Maybe the way you drive, not the way I drive. It's, there's like, you. the thing I hate about Phoenix is there's no, um, what are those roads called when you, um, when you get off the freeway? Like access roads? There's another word for them, but um, you can't Off just, ramps? 
No, there's off ramps, but you know, like those roads to like get like you can like say you don't want to be in the freeway and like oh look there's a lot of traffic I'm gonna drive like the 35 service road runs parallel with the 35 yeah they don't have those over there you have to stay in the freeway and if you get off that's the freeway, why there's 95 lanes yeah so you don't have to get off so anyways he's working in this hotel rapes those two kids <laughs> um he later on he attempts to rape a woman in, in the hotel room while her husband's gone but his husband comes back in and then just beats the fuck out of him. He gets fired. <laughs> Lost his job. Not a good time for for our 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 young hero. Lost his job, like no warning or anything like that. Yeah, he's he went in there. Yeah, they didn't they didn't he's like, I don't get a I don't get a warning. <laughs> so that'd be funny. That'd be in the movie. <laughs> he's like, What? I don't get a warning? And then it's, the it's next my first rape. Like, I'm like, you're fucking two. fired. He's like, I don't even get a fucking warning. <laughs> they could set that up earlier where, like, he has a shithead friend <laughs> who sells him Coke. And, like, one of the bosses, like, catches, like, the, that guy selling Coke to, like, a guest or something. And he pulls him aside. He's like, he's like, fucking, you know, I kept, you know, I, I, I kept my nose out of it. But he's like, you're fucking selling Coke. If I catch you selling Coke again, especially to fucking, uh, uh, you know, people staying at the hotel, you're fucking fired. Okay, consider this a warning. And then, like, just set that up. Yeah. And then later when he gets in trouble for raping people in their room, he's like, I don't get a warning. <laughs> I didn't sell them coke. It's, it's him getting, it's him being cuffed and carried away by the police. <laughs> his, his feet are off the ground. <laughs> I don't even get a warning. <laughs> and then it cuts back to the boss, like, just mortified, just a pull away shot. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's that's so good. This is such a great idea. <laughs> it's in such completely bad taste. Yeah, but I think Tarantino could make it work. Yeah, I can't, and it's funny because I didn't even write this into the episode. <laughs> this is just happening. <laughs> this idea to make this into a comedy. Yes, it's very is fucking gold. It's, this is gold. This is what you call gold. So the so the whole rape thing, they they end up dropping the charges because I mean this happens a lot with women that get raped. They don't want to. Like, these people, they're out of state. They don't want to come back into the state to, like, testify against him. It was, it's, like, already, it's really fucked up what happened to them. It's, like, the... And they go they go home, and they're, like, so how's your vacation? And, you know, I'm like, eh, it, was, it was okay. There was something that happened. We can't talk about it. You can tell me. No, no. This is... I'm your random coworker. But then you find out later on that he became one of the most famous serial killers. Like, that's the guy! He, that's the rapist! Like, whoa. I was raped by that yeah. guy. <laughs> I've literally seen his penis and his halitosis. I smelt his halitosis. That's so bad. <sighs> oh, man. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> All right, so this is like he's ninth. He's in ninth grade right here. By the way, working as a 14-year-old, good for you. Trying to get my, my yeah. 15-year-old to start working. Very industrious. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, drops out of high school. Not good. Or or it is good. Oh no! At in this point, at, at this point, not good, because high school is useless. But don't be a serial killer. Just putting that. Yeah, out sometimes there. Uh, high school's enough to keep you from becoming a serial killer. I think mm -hmm. it's it's enough to take uh, a pliable mind and beat it down into submission. Yes, or any like fantasies about possibly becoming a serial killer just don't ever happen. Yeah, it's it's like it's, this is why people join sports, get involved in extracurricular activities. Curricular. 
They're like, this is going to keep you away from the streets. To keep you from <laughs> murdering. The mean streets. Yeah. I felt Paso. Oh, Paso. Uh, so, yeah, 1982, drops out of high school, ninth grade, moves to Los Angeles. In ninth grade? Yeah. Damn, he didn't make it through his freshman year? Yeah, it's getting, I mean, he's, I mean, he's kind of getting shit done. Like, he, he moved out <laughs> of his parents' house in ninth grade. You know yeah. how long it takes for kids to get out, move out of their houses now? Oh, they're, they're still there right now. They're still Listening there. Listening to this. It takes most people, like, most kids you see, like, the, the new generation is, like, 25. They move out. I was out when 25? I was Yes. That's way too old. You're, like, get on with your life. Like, do something. Yeah. I, I left the second I could. Same. Was a, like, I spent the summer uh, partying with my friends, mm-hmm. and then I fucking was gone. Exactly. I, That's I moved exactly. to San Francisco. I remember it was October, it was mid-October of 2000. Yeah. You know, it's like, why would you stay at home till 25? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I wanted to party all that's the time. That's terrible. Yeah, like whenever, yeah, that's what I did. Because as soon as, I, I mean, I turned 18 when I was, before I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. So there was this thing where like my parents were already kind of loosey-goosey with me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it was really, there was like, wow, you're an adult now. Yeah. You know, it was... Yeah, they were kind of subtle about it. They're like, "You're an adult now, so mm. you should probably get the fuck off." <laughs> yeah, mom, but they like, were kind about it. They were just like, "We'll support you and whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. but you need to get the fuck out," kind yeah. of thing. And I was like, "Believe me, I want to leave as bad as you want me to leave." Yeah, my my older brother, he, it took him forever to move out, but like, and and they didn't want me to be the same way. They're like, "Well, you're if you stay here too long, you're gonna start paying rent." I was like, "Don't fucking worry about that." <laughs> I moved to Phoenix. I was like, I'm out. Could you imagine paying your parents' rent? Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking awful. It's the worst thing I've ever heard. It wasn't really rent. It was like, I think she was saying, like, uh, helping out with the food at whatever. No. Which is actually worse for me. Like, like no, you're my parents. No, you got All the food is free because yeah. you love me. Yeah. <laughs> they hinted at me. Didn't really, like, say it explicitly. But. Mom, mom was very, very good to me. My mama was Ma- very good to me. So he moves. He, so he, Richard Ramirez is a transient. He he lives on like Skid Row for a while. He's a transient. Transient. Am I saying that wrong? It's transient, right? That's yeah. people that are homeless. It's a nice uh, PC way to say fucking loser. No, my brain forgot what transient meant for like one second. Mm-hmm. Like you said transient. My brain was like he was trans and yeah. then. Literally the next second, my brain was like, "Oh no, I remember what a transient is." Yeah, like that, my brain hiccuped. That's what just happened. Just trans homeless. Uh, so when he moved to California, he would mostly like he would mostly steal things. He 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 would like commit all these like petty crimes just to um just to feed his like just to pay for his like drugs. He was like really <laughs> into drugs back then. So like that was that was part of it. Drugs were fun. Yeah, it's it, a hobby. Yeah. He needed to pay for his hobby. Do you think a drug addiction is a hobby? It can be. I kind of feel like it is. Like you get all the like you start buying all the, like the paraphernalia. At, yeah, that's yeah. kind of fun in a way. Yeah, you know, look at this cool pipe I got. There's a skull on it. But 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 smoking cigarettes not a hobby. No, that's more like they all look the same. It's too mainstream. It's legal. Yeah. When yeah. it's illegal, then it becomes like. Mm-hmm. It's like if you build a motorcycle, that's not street legal. But it can be an accessory because people that some it, cigarettes look cool. 
when you smoke them. Cigarettes definitely look cool, mm -hmm. but they're not a hobby. But we both agree that drugs are a hobby. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Probably because you have to. You, you, there's there's a lot of in, investment, both personally and mm -hmm. financially, to doing drugs. There's Cigarettes is just like you go to the store and buy it. It's easy. Yeah, or like, you can bum one. Bumming drugs off of somebody is like doesn't happen. It's like it's rare unless you're in the community. There's there's drug communities like yeah, it, yeah. it builds like, community for sure. These are all my heroin friends. Oh yeah, and you don't have your heroin friends hang out with like your pillhead friends. Like it's, it's no, it's, it's it's just awkward. You can't mix friend groups. No, that's like that's basic adult shit one hundred and one. Yeah, you're like these are my cigarette friends. Like no, you just smoke cigarettes by yourself. Mm -hmm. you do heroin? You do like, I mean, you're doing acid. That that's a hobby. That's what I do with, with fucking Jim, Brian, fucking psychedelic Gary. drugs are, is is a hobby. Yeah, the people who are into it, that's all they fucking talk about, and it's mm -hmm. really annoying. It is annoying. Maybe, maybe because we're not in those groups, we, that's why we hate them. Yeah, <laughs> but we're sort of like adjacent to those people, mm -hmm. for better or worse. Yeah, we just know people who just talk about smoking DMT all the time. And yeah, I'm just like shut the fuck up. It's like shut up, nerd. <laughs> no, no it's one's nerded shit now. You you smoke this stuff so you can like see things in your head. How long does it last? Like 15 minutes? Or I something? think so. I think it's like really short. Yeah, that's that's stupid. Like yeah. you do a drug that lasts 15 minutes, it should ruin my day. You should have to like take the day off. It's like it's like doing tons of acid. Like do tons of acid, you take the entire day off and trip yeah. balls. Or if you eat an edible, like a big, not microdose, a big fat fucking edible, and then you're just high all day. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> fuck, I'm gonna go to the lake and just, <laughs> I'm gonna take a hike by the lake and, and eat a sandwich. Yeah, and that, that that's like that sounds awesome. When you do mushrooms, like yeah, it's like your whole fucking go day. to the lake <laughs> on acid <laughs> and just eat a sandwich and just stare. At the fucking turtles floating in the fucking lake. That sounds, that's right up my alley. Okay, that's kind of cool. I want to be a part of that. Because I'm boring as fuck. So yeah. things like that, I'll say in my mind, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to go to the lake high on acid and, and I'm going to go get a meatball sandwich and just eat it by the lake. It's the most epic fucking sandwich too. It, it, like, that's literally my idea of fun because mm -hmm. I'm somebody who, I don't go on vacation almost yeah. never. Yeah. So... Things like that are are fun for me. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, like, uh, I like people to know how fucking boring and uninteresting I am. Not until we do the podcast, we're just like, oh yeah, this is this is what we do. What do you do for fun? Uh, I I talk. <laughs> I do acid. I walk around Lady Bird late and eat <laughs> fucking meatball sandwiches from Home Slice Pizza. Dude, the best. It's like that's like one of the best sandwiches in town. Home Slice sandwiches are fucking insanely good. They're pretty good. We we went there uh, recently and just got sandwiches. They're yeah, pretty fucking decent. Yeah, I like that place. There's a lot. there's two really good the the two best sandwiches in town. I'm not gonna talk too much about food here, but Two Cheese and Home Slice have the best sandwiches in town. If you guys ever come into into Austin, I never been to Two Cheese. What two is Cheese is like is, two chains. Yeah, <laughs> but it's cheese. It's um off of 35 and uh, not William Cannon. Uh, Stastny. I think it's Stastny and okay. thirty five. There, it's like in a and it it's it's T U C C I. So that that's how you would spell it. It's it's fucking really good sandwiches. Um, 
Yeah, so Richard Ramirez doesn't commit his first murder until like 1984, which is two years after he moves to L.A. Um, his first victim was a nine-year-old named Mei Ling, who was like a Chinese-American uh, little girl. She was, yeah, oh, nine year yeah, so she's nine years old. This happens in, like, April 10th, 1984 in San Francisco. So he he rapes her, he stabs her, and he hung her, she, he hangs her body from a pipe in a basement hotel where he was living in. So I'm going to wow. go, yeah, we're going to go through all these murders. So some of it's very graphic. I mean, we've been, <laughs> if you're this far, then you, you don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's, you know. All of this is very unsettling information, so it's it's fine. Yeah, if, yeah, like you said, if you made it to this, you made it this far, mm-hmm. then it's it's fine. I like how I gave him the warning after I talk about the nine year old getting raped and murdered and hung. <laughs> Here's your warning. Well, what do we call it? Reverse news. What, what are we calling it? Yeah, where we give the the happy news first, and mm-hmm. then it just gets worse, it's and then positive. we just end on a down note. Yeah. Or it's depressing, and then our listeners go and kill themselves. <laughs> or they kill someone else. Will you be the next Richard Ramirez? We don't know. Um, so June 28th, 1984, which was, how, what did I say, uh, April 10th was his first one. So June, a couple months later, he broke into Jenny Vincal's apartment. Her body was nearly decapitated. And this was another old elderly woman. I think she was Oof. like in her seventies. But he did he did kill like twenty year olds also. Because on March seventeenth, nineteen eighty five, uh, Ramirez attacked Maria Hernandez. What when when what was the date of that? What's up? What was the date on that one? March seventeenth, nineteen eighty five. That's when uh, Marty McFly went back to the future. <gasps> Ooh. That's interesting. That is interesting. Why would they pick that date? What do you know? Also, in the, aren't, they, aren't they also in Los Angeles and Back to the Future? I don't remember. Probably not. No, they're like more in the... Isn't they're in El Paso. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> uh, Ramirez attacks Maria Hernandez. Uh, she's a 20-year-old outside of her home in Rosemead, California. He shoots her in the face, but she survives because I guess she she like lifted her hands when he was shooting and it like hit the the keys mm. and it ricocheted, but it still fucking blasted up her face. Oh, dude! It's but like, she survived. It's like when they fucking it's like when Dan White killed Harvey Milk. Yeah, Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, like, that that's horrible because they they slow down the whole. It's all forensically accurate. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Dan White comes and he pulls up the gun and fucking Sean Penn's like. No, <laughs> no, and he fucking <laughs> shot through his fucking hand. Yeah, it's just like, oh, that that was really disturbing. The guy that made the movie just really hated gay people. He's like, let me kill one. <laughs> let me just kill. I want to be. Slow. He makes Dan White the hero <laughs> at the end because Dan White does. He does get away. Like he got away with it. Yeah, he got away with it. That that was an interesting story. He said that he had temporary insanity because he ate too many Twinkies. He's like Mike. They ate too many Twinkies. I got, I, I, I lost control and I murdered Harvey Milk. They're like, that happens. They're like, all right, well, just don't do it again. He's yeah. like, all right, cool. You're going to have to put you in his, uh, in a state mental um, institution for about two months. You'll be fine. 
No, we're going to take you out to lunch. We're going to take you out to Tadich Grill in San Francisco, and we're going to have the Chipino. <laughs> no more Twinkies for you, okay, mister? For at least okay. five to seven days. <laughs> Twinkies made me kill him. Sometimes This hurts us more than it hurts you. Yeah, it's too much sugar. That's why it's the sugar lobby. We got to do something about them. Yeah, the sugar lobby couldn't risk having Dan White in prison. Yeah, the hostess was just like, this is going to kill ourselves. This yeah. is going to be the end of Twinkie. You better get him out of prison immediately. <laughs> that would be, we'd tie that in. That's going to be in the Tarantino movie. <laughs> hostess is going to, uh, you know, put their intellectual property in the film where, yeah. Someone has to pay for it. Someone this has to pay for it. Uh, like Hostess right sponsored now. Sponsored by Hostess. It's like Tarantino's, <laughs> like, what was it? Uh, who's, who's the other Weinstein that's not in prison? Um, oh. Uh, there's Harvey's in prison. Bob Weinstein. Mm-hmm. So he's, Bob Weinstein's going to have to go to Hostess and be like, look, I know you don't want your product to be associated with this, but this is the last movie Tarantino's doing. Yeah. After this, it's over. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's lots of there's lots of n words in this movie and cursing and death and stuff. like people are used to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we can we can we can kind of exploit Twinkies a little bit and no one's really gonna care. Okay, this is your only chance to be in a Tarantino film. I suggest <laughs> you take the money we're offering you to put your product into our film, which is the tenth and final Tarantino film. Yeah. And, and then they'll they'll have Twinkie they'll have like Richard Ramirez walking around San Francisco and wearing a Twinkie the Kid shirt, yeah. just kind of a wink. It starts off, so it starts off with a tight with a with a crumpled up uh, package of a Twinkie, mm. and then it just it zooms out to oh. a room, a dark room, and a a, a kind not a dark room because you need to see it. Like it's a little bit there. There's some sunlight coming in. But then there's a there's a woman that's bleeding out because <laughs> she just got shot in the head, but she's not dead. But he's catching up to her roommate, so like you think she's dying. So that's that's a that's a good shot. There's blood everywhere, and she you think he, she's dead, and he's just walking out of the room. I barely remember what we're talking about right now. <laughs> we're talking about the the, the killing, conflating and, Richard Ramirez with. The murder of Harvey Milk. He also liked Twinkies. 100%. Oh, like he read that in the paper. Mm-hmm. We can have a scene where he's watching TV and he sees Dan White. I don't even know if the the, the timeline even matches up at all. Yeah. Well, he liked to read. That's the thing about Richard Ramirez. He let me, wasn't. Let me look that up. When was Harvey Milk murdered? So he, so Richard Ramirez, he, he loved reading about serial killers. Why wouldn't he know about the guy that killed Harvey Milk? Oh, he definitely know, knew about it. He had to. Yeah, because that was like maybe fucking 20 years before. Like, when did Harvey Milk get killed, killed? Like, in the 60s, 70s? When was this whole gay revolution? Let's see. Uh, well, uh, he Harvey Milk was, he ran for office, and then... Um, he was like a he was like a on the board of supervisors in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So he was he was murdered in seventy eight. Okay. So <laughs> wow. Was okay. Ra- was eighty four. Richard Ramirez wasn't there yet, but we'll have a thing where we'll set it up where he's watching the news and he hears about it as a teenager on the news. Sees the Dan White 
fucking trial. And his dad beats him and thinks about Twinkies. So yes. we'll set that up. So then later, you want your you the, the scene is like, fuck like Richard Ramirez at a at a he's at a liquor store. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a dark, like it's at night, but it's a, like a regular, very bright colored liquor store. And there's a little TV behind the thing, and the guy behind the counter is like an old like Chinese dude smoking a cigarette, mm-hmm. and it's talking about Chinese is mur- perfect by the way, talking about murders that he was doing. They're mm-hmm. like, you know, the the dead body of a blah, 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 of a young girl was found at blah blah, and he's just like, and the and the guys he can't speak English. That that'd mm-hmm. be the best thing. The guy behind the counter he's just like, oh no, he's like, I can't believe this is fucking absolutely terrible and shit like that. And he's mm-hmm. saying in Chinese, and Richard Ramirez is buying a Twinkie, <gasps> and he's like. He's like eating it, mm-hmm. and then it'll be like an old uh, "No Country for Old Men" thing. Where remember, remember he like eats the fucking the peanuts, and mm-hmm. he takes the wrapper and he, he crumples it and puts it on the ground, and then the camera just focuses on it unraveling. Ah, do something like that. Very artsy, but it's, but it's Twinkies. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anime, you know, and it's like who eats a Twinkie standing at the counter of a liquor store and just leaves the package on the ground? What a fucking asshole! Yeah, he's an only ass. a child rapist murderer would do such a fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. So so he shoots this woman in her face. It ricochets off the keys. Her roommate, uh, Dale Yoshi Okazaki, he loved killing Chinese people. Like, there, there's That's multiple terrible. Chinese people. And Okazaki might be Japanese. I don't fucking know the difference. Do you think maybe that was because of, uh, what was it, Mike? Mike showing him war footage? Maybe, yeah, I didn't think of that. That's very, that's... So, what well, looking at dead, I mean, and... And, the, and Mike was in Vietnam. Vietnam, yeah. And that was kind of that was the last war that was shown on television to the mm-hmm. American people. And then the pictures of just severed Chinese or not Chinese Asian Vietnamese people. women, yeah. yeah. And then there was like you know, and like the killing fields and all that sort of thing. Like so, he's inundated with seeing and hearing his government mm-hmm. and people he's known going and killing these these Asian foreign people. Yeah. And they're kind of seen as it's just cannon fodder. They're not even real. So maybe that was part of it. Like maybe he was sexually attracted to them, but also was like, well, these people are expendable. They're not real people. They're meant to be killed. There's so many of them. There's too many of them. That must have been part of the fetish, the the, the idea that these are people that you, uh, you ever, you ever watch like, um, you ever see like, like, uh, I don't know, like, like weird porn where it's like, we have captured a, a uh like some middle eastern terrorist and it's like some hot chick yeah wearing it, a hijab and then they gangbanger you it's know, like, like what's her like name that? what's the one that's um well, mia mia, mia khalifa is that her name yeah which just <laughs> important like 10 years we were just like it's like calling bruce jenner a, a, a like an olympian decathlon yeah. olympian caitlin jenner no one says that that person's dead yeah it's now caitlin it's not Bruce. She wasn't Kate. even a good porn actress. Mia Khalifa? Yeah, not really. No, she has a weird nose. And then she always had this. Her horrible areolas from her boob job. Yeah. It's just like, you know. Yeah. That's why she had to retire and like become a Palestinian um, activist. Sympathizer. A Hamas <laughs> activist. <laughs> yeah. She, she had that thing where she said, where she told people to turn. She's like, their... I, will not, I will no longer have consensual sex. Yeah. She's like, I will only be raped by Hamas. <laughs> It's the only type of sex I'm into. Uh, so so Dale Yoshi Okazaki was fairly shot in the head by Ramirez. Remember, we were talking about how he would shoot some of his victims. Uh, An hour later, Ramirez heads to Monterey Park 
and where he shoots uh, Sai Lian Yu twice after pulling her out of her car and stealing it. March 27th, 1985, Ramirez fatally shoots Vincent Charles Zara. He was 64 in the head while he was asleep. While he broke into their house, and, and while they're both sleeping, he shot, shoots him in the head. Ramirez beats his wife, Maxine, stabs her, gouges her eyes out, and shoots her three times. He puts the, so what he does, he takes the eyes, puts them in a jewel, jewelry box because he'd like to keep trophies, and then he leaves. Later on. Are like, you saying for the Tarantino movie? No, this really happened. Okay. So, like, he took the eyes out, put them in, in a box. Because he used to collect trophies. One of them were those the eyes from uh Well, this Maxine. can, you know what? This will tie into the uh, Kill Bill montage training scene. Because if you remember, <laughs> Daryl Hannah's character gets her fucking eye yanked out. Yeah. And she's wearing an eye patch. Mm-hmm. Trophy. Trophy. You know, like uh, Tarantino might be a serial killer in real life because he has some Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. He has some like really fucking weird shit about him. Yeah, but he seems so. Um, I don't know. He doesn't have that predatory thing to him. He seems so kind of like giggly and nerdish, you know, like he's like a coldness to him, though. There's something about there's him. definitely a coldness to him. I, I, I agree. But nothing, nothing that I would think it, like serial killer. Well, I mean, no one really thought Ramirez would be a serial but, killer. But maybe that makes him even more a serial killer. Mm-hmm. The fact that I don't think that it's, he doesn't seem like the type, but maybe mm-hmm. that make that makes him the type. The fact that he doesn't seem like the type. Yeah. Um, May 14th, 1985, Ramirez breaks into Bill and Lillian Doy's home in Monterey Park. He shoots Doy in the face, beats him unconscious, and then... Binds Lillian, searches her home for valuables, and then rapes her. Bill Doy dies at the hospital. So there were survivors. Yeah. He also, the thing about about Richard Ramirez, he liked being the serial. He liked being the guy. Yeah. He liked his legend to grow. Like, there were times where, like, tell them the Night Stalker was here. Yeah, and that was a, that was a, that was a big time for serial killers. Mm-hmm. You know, he he knew that if he made a little, you know, put a signature on all of his work and mm-hmm. that he'd get some fame, you know, because so, all of that shit, dude, like, you fucking, you know, he lived through Son of Sam, which is late 70s. Yeah. And fucking, like, you know, like Ted Bundy and like all that shit. He, he was very much aware of serial killer culture. Just seeing Manson on TV like a million times being interviewed. He was mm-hmm. like, I could do that, but I won't get caught. Yeah. Fuck. He was, yeah, because when, I'll get to whenever he gets eventually caught, when he goes to jail, like he. My daddy wants caught a bullet with his bare hand. Yeah. So he, he um so he gets, when he eventually gets arrested, he goes into a, um the same cell he's in. He's like, oh, this is the same cell that the uh, so-and-so stranglers are in. He was obsessed <laughs> with serial killers. Like, he even would write to people about, like, who's your favorite serial killer and stuff like that. He had, like, serial killer trading cards. <laughs> yeah. Let's go trade you two Hillside Stranglers. <laughs> that's, that's weird. That's that's the one, the Hillside Stranglers. Yeah. He was in the same. I figure that's who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking, that's a good catch, there, man. there are serial killer trading cards, though. Is there? Yeah. Oh, I want them. Yeah. We, we have one. I forgot where we went. 
we went somewhere where they like gave you one. Mm-hmm. We like we were buying some shit, and they were like, "Oh, do you want a serial killer trading card?" Like they were yeah. bagging up our shit, and we were like, "Sure, hell yeah!" And I like looked up the card, and it's um, I'm pretty sure it's a Gacy card. Yeah, and I looked up that rookie company. card. I got the it's Gacy rookie, rookie card. <laughs> when he had a really big mustache and yeah. sideburns. Um, yeah, yeah. That I forgot the name of the brand, but they're actually kind of valuable. Yeah. I was surprised they would just hand us one like, oh, here you go. You never know how valuable they're going to get. So they're probably yeah, like, well, they're ah, all ba- going to catch That on. particular brand of card was based on like paintings that this one dude. It's like Cabbage Patch dolls. Yeah. There's like one guy who painted all these pictures and they made them into yeah. cards. Then so, they turned into the Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, I'm sure there's a fucking there's serial killer Charles uh, uh, hmm. Garbage Pail Kids. Uh, May 29th, 1985, Ramirez drives a stolen car to Monrovia, California, and breaks into Mabel Ma Bell and Florence Nettie Lang's home. He attacks Lang with a hammer, binds her in the bedroom, then binds and attacks Bell. He uses Bell's lipstick to draw a pentagram on her body in the walls of both of the of the uh, bedroom after raping her. The women are found two days later alive, but Bell eventually dies due to her, her injuries. So this is when he first starts um, telling them to pledge their allegiance to Satan. Mm. This is this is like the first time they had seen it. So at first it was like I, I think it's a lot like the Unabomber, like where his first bombs weren't that good. And he starts getting better and better and better at it. Yeah. He starts adding things to it. He's like, he starts binding them. He starts um, drawing the pentagram. Like he, his, he's growing his, I guess he's, he's kind of just growing his brand. He's like, this is my brand. Yeah. He's building, he's building his brand. He's, he's making his signature. It's his content. He's, he's making content. The content being raped in dead women. Uh, Not a, yes. Not as not as sloppy though, but he, he gets he gets a little better, so he you're you're starting to see him get into his prime. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of trading cards, May thirtieth, nineteen eighty five, Ramirez drives the stolen car to Burbank and breaks into Carol Kyle's home. He binds Kyle and her son Eleven, then ha- has the son point out where the valuables are. He then rapes Kyle, binds the son to her, and flees. Hmm. So he did he like. It's it's weird because he's like oh so he's wait so he's raping kids now like boys now like his his uh his raping doesn't make any sense he's he's kind of like a he's pansexual it seems like yeah I that's always that's always a weird thing right is mm-hmm. yeah that that type of pedophilia is always been really weird to me is the homosexual pedophilia yeah that seems very specific to serial killers like Dahmer like mm-hmm. Gacy you know mm-hmm. they'll you know they'll kill boys or they'll kill you know young men but they gotta fucking rape them first yeah fucking just, just kill them first I mean don't do it but I mean dang you gotta rape them before ah there's no worse death than that actually Probably getting your skin. Uh, that was probably a big part of you know, kind of OG homophobia. Yeah, would they be like, well, this Gacy guy was gay, so I mean, <laughs> he's gay as hell, man. So if your son's gay, and then they're you know, Gacy's on the or fucking Dahmer's on the news, you're just like, 
Fuck. See, I knew it. It's fucking knew all it. the all the gays. My fucking kids get into being a goddamn serial killer. <laughs> oh. Meanwhile, the son hasn't done a fucking thing wrong. He just has a job at the mall and has a little boyfriend, and they they go on dates. It's kind of cute. It's kind of cute. <laughs> Comes over for barbecues and kind of sassy one. Yeah. One of, one, one the of whole them. time, the dad's sitting there like. You're a fucking serial killer. <laughs> fucking You're not killing it. my kid with yeah. your gayness. Yeah, and and like your aunt brings like your your four year old cousin. You're like, take that kid out of here. Take the kids. Get the fuck out of here. Get them take the sickos. kids into the den. Got a sicko here. Uh, July second, July second, nineteen eighty five. Ramirez drives a stolen car. He still has a stolen car. He <laughs> takes it to Arcadia, California. To marry, nice, nice. That part of Northern California is lovely. Yeah. So he's so this is the northern part, right? Because I don't know any. We should move to Arcadia. What is it? It's just one. It's like it's like Humboldt or something, or it's just like some fucking place in Northern California, like a lot mm-hmm. of woods, a lot of mountains. It's near the ocean. He. It's nice. Yeah, he loved the suburbs because what he said was people would leave their doors unlocked. That's why he would. It would be super easy for him to break in. He didn't have to go through a window. Like a lot of people didn't have guns back then in California. Like they would. Like they would. He would just go in there and like these women. It's like that. Like today and like you do that in Texas, you get fucking you get blasted. Yeah. But like over here, they're just like you didn't have to worry about crime. You're like we're not in the inner cities. We don't have to worry about getting fucking uh, killed by a gang member. Yeah, and in that time, like. It wasn't, um, yeah, the, the suburbs back then were, were kind of that sort of new liberal thing of like, mm-hmm. oh, we, well, we don't have to have a gun. We're not grandpa. Yeah. We're not living, you know, in the woods or something like that. We, we're living in subdivisions, you know. There's people around. You can't just go target shooting in your backyard. Yeah. So just the idea of guns are sort of like kind of swept to the side. Yeah. So I'm sure Richard Ramirez saw all these like brand new suburbs mm-hmm. and was just like oh i'm fucking killing and raping everybody yeah <laughs> there's so much it's like there's so much fucking rape i can do here can i show you a picture from zillow okay of a house that's in arcadia california yeah throw it up look at this this is this is the type of shit i fasten i fantasize about wow look at that oh my god no one will hear your screams there Oh my god! Look, that's that is fucking awesome. Look at that deck. Nice view. You got trees and mountains. Oh, look at that! You got pampas grass just growing freely. So what? What is Richard Ramirez thinking when he sees this this home? Oh, like he, he sees some shit like this. That looks like something from a horror movie. Oh, that's awesome! It's just, it's just like it's like no one. It, it's 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 good cover. Mm-hmm. You know, every house is sort of surrounded by trees and stuff like that. You just he, yeah, he's yeah, that's probably probably part of his like being stealth, his mic training, his pi, his pie may training. <laughs> you know where he's just swinging through the trees. He's doing he's doing like Luke Skywalker Dagobah training. Yeah, it, he's, he's got Mike on his back and they're running through the fucking forest. <laughs> These are the same. That's actually the same forest. Basically, thinking of Mike being being like a little person. Just like it, like Mike loses his legs in the war. <laughs> we'll have a thing where Mike loses his legs in a war, so he's like a stump. And he and his dick and balls got fucking chopped off, so he's like he can't 
fuck anything. Yeah. So that's why that's he why he killed his wife. Time. That's why he killed his wife. Yeah. She's like, you know, you, you left your fucking dick in Cambodia, and then she just sh- shoots her in the fucking face. Yeah. That that, that would be a great. That's scene. That's how he got away with it. Their argument is just like so intense. Mm-hmm. And then she says something about you know. Maybe I should move to fucking Laos where your dick and balls live. And then, yeah. like, bang, you just see her head explode. You don't even see him pull the trigger. Like, it's just her yelling. But you kind of sympathize then, with him. You're and like, she's, like, looking man. at the camera. And then you just see her brains just blow out on the fucking wall. Yeah, and everyone in the theater is like, man, she was being kind of a bitch to yeah, him. And you cut all the sound out, and it's just quiet. Mm-hmm. It's just the sort of echo of mm-hmm. the, the gunshot ringing through the through the apartment. Ooh, I like that. And but he's But he has to be, like, an amputee. That's the only way he's going to fit on Richard's back. He climbs out like this. Yeah. <laughs> They're both climbing up windows and looking in, and he's over his shoulder. He's like, he's like, make sure when you open the windows, he's like, the best way to not make any noise is, he's like, I wear gardening gloves. Mm-hmm. People will hear your fingernails tapping on the glass. Mm-hmm. If you try to slide them in, you got to have gloves on smooth. Now put me in your and backpack. No fingerprints. Yeah. And then he puts his head back in the backpack and zips it closed. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the tenth film by, out. <laughs> by Quentin Tarantino. Also, I had to put the gloves on my hands so I can sneak out of here on my hands. Yeah, he had, that's the only way he can walk out. He like handstands. There's no feet print here. What happened here? And that'll be a callback to uh, Reservoir Dogs, where. You know, they tell that story about uh, the guy who got his dick fucking super glued to his belly. Oh, yeah. How would you feel every time you had to take a piss, you had to do a fucking handstand? <laughs> Have a situation. Yeah. That'd be great. So, Arcadia, California. Uh, Mary Lewis Cannon. He, he goes to Mary Lewis Cannon's house. He knocks her out with a lamp and stabs her with a knife from her kitchen. She's found dead. July 5th, 1985, Ramirez heads to Sierra Madre, California. Where's that? Is that northern? or Sierra Madre? Yeah. I think that's in SoCal. So he attacks a woman named Whitney Bennett. She was 16. So he, he beats her with, a, uh, with like a tire iron at, when she's asleep. He then uh, tries to strangle her with a telephone cord, but the cord sparks and Bennett begins to breathe. So Ramirez thinks that like Jesus is helping her. Yeah, in Sierra Madre, it's a sm- it's a small city in Los Angeles, and it, it's always had a very small population. Yeah, it's, like right now, its population is like less than twenty thousand. So in the in the documentary, they have pictures of like that scene. So like the dad like heard heard his uh, daughter screaming because she's what what did I say sixteen? Yeah, she's sixteen. He goes in there like the room is just full of blood. It's fucking it's it's gruesome. Jesus. And he's just beat he just beat her with a with a fucking tire iron and just starts choking her and she survives this. She doesn't die. That's brutal, especially if seeing all the goddamn Hamas fucking killing kids fucking pictures <sighs> that are there's going on. So much. It's too much. Or I'm like it's, it's all just a bedroom Twitter's. and there's just fucking like like it looks like like gunshot, like gunpowder fucking sprayed on the walls and then blood. All over the oh yeah, it's like Jesus. Do you see the one where it it shows like they're going through the house and it looks like there was like a body being dragged? It's just like blood and like track marks. There's a drag mark. Yeah, there's like a a long drag mark. I was like, it it's so brutal. Like what's what's on like what what happened in Israel and 
and what's going on in Palestine. But man, there's so many videos. Every time I'm I'm like scrolling through, I'm like, what's going on? And it's just it's just like fucking murder porn everywhere. Yeah, this is gonna go on for a while. Yeah, quite quite some time, I imagine. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as people have phones in a war zone, it's. And we're, they, they, we're gonna just get well, loads, it, loads of fucking disturbing photos and videos. So. Yeah, and it, it, and it's just like it's to piss people off. Like, yeah, we should just wipe them out. But the, the, we could we could probably get into that in the Patreon. Um, July seventh, nineteen eighty five, Ramirez breaks into Joyce Lucille Nelson Monterey's her uh, Joyce Lucille Nelson's Monterey Park home. He burglarizes her home. He then beats her to death. Leaving a shoe print on her face, he then enters Sophie Dickman's house, handcuffs her at point, tries to rape her, and steals her jewelry. It tries to rape her. He then he tells her to swear on Satan that he stole everything of value in her home. On God. On God. That's what he said. On God. But it was like, on Satan. July 20th, 1985, Ramirez buys a machete and drives a different stolen car to Glendale, California. He enters... Leela and Maxin Needing's home kills them with a with both a machete and a gun, and burglarizes their home. He then drives to Sun Valley, breaks into he, this is this is a whole murder spree right here just this day. So he drives to Sun Valley, breaks into the Konadnith home. Dang, these are weird names. He fairly shoots Chanarong Konadnith. Can't say their fucking name. He rapes and beats this person's name. Some kid. <laughs> some kid. Some kid. Konadnith. Binds their eight-year-old son and then forces some kid to point out valuables in the home. He also forces her to swear to Satan that she isn't hiding any money. August 6, 1985, Ramirez breaks into Chris and Virginia Peterson's home. He shoots Virginia in the face, then shoots Chris in the neck and tries to flee the scene. Chris fights back, but Ramirez manages to escape. The couple survives. So, again, a lot of survivors. Not a lot of survivors, but there are survivors in there to tell his fucking tail. August 6th, uh, wait, uh, August 8th, which is two days later, Ramirez breaks into Sakina and Elias Abawas' home. He fatally shoots uh, Elias, who was sleeping. He then handcuffs, beats, and rapes Sakina while demanding their jewelry. He ties up their three-year-old son. August 18th, which is 10 days later, uh, by this point, Ramirez has already left Los Angeles and he's he headed for San Francisco Bay Area. He breaks into Peter and Barbara Pan, Pan's house. He shoots Peter in the head. He then beats and rapes Barbara before fatally shooting her. He uses lipstick to draw a pentagram and writes, uh, Jack the Knife, which is, I didn't understand that part. I guess he, he's like, I'm going to be Jack the Knife now. <laughs> and he writes it on their bedroom wall. I don't understand what that what that whole thing is. Like Mac the Knife? Like the song? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe they didn't have the name for Night or, Soccer yet. Or Mac Tonight, the 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 character from the McDonald's commercials back in the day. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Uh so we're getting towards some of the end of his killings. This is August twenty fifth, nineteen eighty five. Ramirez drives a stolen orange Toyota in Mission Viejo. A thirteen year old hears Ramirez outside of the home and wakes up his parents. The family is able to see the making color of the car, including the license plate number. So this is this is like the biggest breakthrough that happens. So like he he Ramirez breaks into the the house, shoots a man three times in the head. He rapes his wife. This is when he has the when he steals a car, mm. the same day. After 
so he tells her to, to swear to Satan. After he rapes her, he tells her to uh, tell them, and this is, I guess this is when they start calling him the Night Stalker. He says, tell them the Night Stalker was here. So, so he was like testing out names. Yeah, I guess Jack, was, Jack the Knife didn't work. To tell him Jack the Knife was here, and that didn't stick. They laughed at him. He's like, oh, that wasn't, oh, Jack wasn't, the Knife. Jack the Knife. The fuck? Okay. And then, they, then the news was calling him Night Stalker. He's like, ah, oh, fucking, that's awesome. It's like the night stalker. Tell him the night stalker was here. So they now, because they called the that family called the police and they they got the license plate number and everything. They're able to track down the car because what he would do, he would steal the cars and then he would he would abandon them. But he was really good about cleaning up the scene. So like he would clean off the everything. He wouldn't leave any fingerprints. But what he forgot to do was. He left a fingerprint on like the rearview mirror, so he's like adjusting the rearview mirror, and they were able to pull a fingerprint off of that. So now, they match the fingerprint to Richard Ramirez. Mm-hmm. So he has no idea that they had ID'd him. His mugshot. So he so he's taking a. So I guess he went to Arizona, and he was taking a bus back. So he has no access to any news or anything. And he goes to like, he goes to, I, I know you wouldn't know what this neighborhood is. If you know about LA, he was in Boyle Heights, which is in East LA, mm-hmm. like gangster ass East LA. Mm-hmm. So he, he's in Boyle Heights. Um, he's going to buy some candy like he usually does. And, some and this is like, it's like a scene from a movie. Like buying he's, some tamarine. he's buying, he's at the, he's got, he's getting ready to pay. And he looks up at the newspaper, and there's like all this stuff in the back. It just has his mugshot everywhere. And this lady, like he like looks around, and this lady just like points at him, like the killer, the killer. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That 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 will be also in the movie. Yeah, we'll set up the liquor store. Mm-hmm. Him seeing the, the 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 thing on the TV, mm-hmm. and then later, well, he's going back to get another Twinkie. Yeah, in 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 East LA, except this time. Everyone, it's got to also be, it's got to be Korean this time. Yeah. Or like there's just some old guy smoking a cigarette and his wife is just like, ah, that's him. But in Korean. Yeah. yeah she has like that, that Korean Afro, just that yeah. really puffy hair. Yeah. She's like, well, she's like tall. Wheezy, but she's Korean. Wheezy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, yeah, that scene just writes itself. So, so they point him out, uh, he he runs out of this store and he's there's people just chasing him in this neighborhood. They end up like a group of bystanders go and pursue him, catch up to him and just beat the fuck out of him. One of them gets like a like a piece of of of, of like the fence, like the a, a fence pole and just starts smashing him in the head. Yeah. Not amazing. Fucking hell yeah, the East LA Mexicans, they don't fuck around over there. Yeah, dude, they're not fucking around, man. This guy's, uh, you know, at this point, how long has this guy been in the news scaring the fuck out of people? Probably at least a few days. Like, it, well, this whole thing, like, over a year. Like, yeah. people were, like, it, 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 like, fucked up people's heads. Like, and the news terrified. had more impact back then in, mm-hmm. in so far as, you know, the news was limited. Yeah. If there was some go- guy going around where you lived killing and raping people and breaking into their fucking house, like... You probably knew about it. It wasn't it, like, it's like, I talk to people now, right now. Yeah. Who are just have no idea 
that there's another fucking war going on in Israel and Palestine and that the United States is getting involved and so is Iran and yeah you know, you know how you know what I mean like there's people who are just like I heard something about that I don't know it's like back then it's like there, it was inescapable that's a good point because that's all that was on the news that, that's yeah. all that would be on the news <laughs> anything else is not even important if you guys want to save like the mainstream media you just got to put some serial killers around the country because like people will be like oh in the news they're saying like they they have the police chief talking about there is a the serial killer struck this house and in this house and this is what they left this is their mo mm-hmm. so you just got to scare people into trusting the news again if they if they really wanted to bring trust back you got to unleash serial killers put them in yeah and but there's in, and there's just no serial killers in the news anymore and there's a lot of them out there still yeah put one in put one in Houston put one in fucking um in like the New York New Jersey area put one in fucking San Francisco Seattle put one you mean you mean who's what the government's just going to start putting serial killers and they have <laughs> the, the the whole thing with Charles Manson being connected to the CIA and MK Ultra there's a lot of MK Ultra stuff with uh serial killers where you can create a fucking psychopath in a lab unibomber was basically fucking created whenever he went so remember the whole thing where he was where he was a child and he was completely yeah. normal like right he, i i i know about the the unibomber is mm-hmm. just uh, to to be able to have repeatable results yeah uh, and be able to do it quick enough where you mm-hmm. can just start placing serial killers simultaneously mm-hmm. In any city, I, I I don't think they're quite at that point. Yet. I think if you you can get like a one percent, um, remember we were talking about this last week. You get a one percent shot at creating a serial. Like we're gonna we're gonna get like we yeah. will get like two thousand kids, and we're gonna test on them. One of them's turning into a serial killer. Yeah, I theorize that uh, it's possible that if you play a certain type of sound, uh, if you hit a population with a certain type of sound long enough you're guaranteed to get a very small percentage of people that are sort of like, mm-hmm. like sleeper cells that are just going to, their brain is just going to instantly go from normal to fucking serial killer. That's got it. Yeah. And the, like, that's enough. If you can get one person out of like, you know, 10 million people mm-hmm. who becomes this horrific serial killer, like that's good. That's a, that's good in some way. Yeah. I, I'm sure they have something like that. It's the, gotta be. Yeah. Or they're work, they're working on. We're it. working on some. We're working on something big. It's you, like, you it's, think Israel Palestine's bad? Wait till you see what we unleash on you. It's like putting uh, COVID vaccines in. Uh, they want to. The, the people are talking about what if we just put small amounts of vaccines and just in the regular food. Mm-hmm. The mRNA, then, holy shit! And then yes. you, and then you don't have to get vaccination shots mm-hmm. anymore. You're already constantly being fed it. You're getting a little steady drip of it. mRNA that like. There's something in Think there. Think about how much farmland Bill Gates owns. Oh my god! And Warren Buffett. Oh yeah, Warren Buffett probably involved I, with the the shit that I, happened I in Nebraska. I don't know how evil Warren Buffett is. He just doesn't seem like that evil of a guy to me. He's lived in the same like three bedroom normal house. It's a lot of a, alleged stuff for him. So I don't yeah. know. There are alleged stuff about him being involved with is like global sex trade but it's just alleged i don't there's not enough for me to be like uh. in his case i think it's like a friend of a friend yeah and he knows so many famous like rich like Mm -hmm. people of power kind of thing like he's rubbed Mm -hmm. the elbows with so many people that just the odds 
yeah make him look guilty yeah it, where, where, where he's not actually guilty yeah he just just you know he just happens to have met or have talked to people who are like that that guy just has so much fuck you money he can do whatever he wants he does he's got so, a lo- he's got a lot of money but i don't know if he's a pedophile i don't i don't Maybe someone that listens to the show and they're just like straight laced. Yeah, I think he just—he's just such a numbers guy. Like he knows he—he's. I think that's that's sexual to him. He he wants to like make good deals. He knows what to make him good investments. He knows like he's like fuck. That's all gets his nut is getting that right investment. He was just he was just always been an industrious guy and knows how to make money. And he's old. His his T is so low. That he he probably doesn't even think about fucking anymore. It's over. Those years are long gone. He probably hasn't fucked in forty years. No, he's, I mean he's, he's getting one of those like, yeah, it's not happening. So these people beat beat the fuck out of Richard Ramirez. They hold him down until the police get there. Ramirez, yeah, is, Warren Buffett's ninety three, by the way. Yeah, he's not yeah. man. He's he's not getting any blood down there. It's not happening. Last time a guy's dick sucks, he was you know. And the first uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out. Yeah. <laughs> 50 years ago. So Richard Ramirez, he's, he's uh, convicted on 13 counts of murder, five attempted five attempted murders, 11 sexual assaults, and 14 burglaries. He was sentenced to death. Ramirez does not end up, uh, they don't end up killing him because he dies uh, from complications at the age of 53, like cancer, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um. So he dies before he was set to be put to death on June seventh, two thousand and thirteen. And there wasn't even death penalty anymore, right? They did. This was uh, California still had the capital punishment at this point. At this point, yeah. But I, they do not have it anymore. Hmm. This the last time I checked. Maybe they should. I don't know. So, final thoughts. What do you think of Richard Ramirez? Um, do you have any thoughts on him? I, I mean, I think we covered everything. Like, is he a what good, do I think of good, good guy, bad guy? <laughs> Anti-hero? Is he innocent? <laughs> Didn't do it? <laughs> he, was, he was set up? Yeah. <laughs> huh? What do you think? <laughs> Guilty, innocent. Which one? Who, all right, who plays Richard Ramirez in the, in the, in the, in the film? Hmm. That's a good question. He's got to be kind of, um... Like in the middle, like kind of like like a tall, skinny dude. Oh, you know who who could be Richard Ramirez is is um, Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson could can pull no. off a Richard Ramirez. You don't think so? Um, no, because he's he's got too much of a goofball face. Like he's just like, oh yeah, Richard Ramirez looks. He looks scary. He like there's times where he looks cool, but there are pictures of him where you're like, whoa, he looks fucking terrifying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you need somebody with some uh, some acting range in their face, and I don't think Pete Davidson quite has that. Let's see who. Let's see. Uh, let's see what kind of actor who would be good. I know people who would just be good at it because they're a good actor, but I'm like, I want to find someone who would be like the right actor. You know what I'm saying? There's people who could probably just do it, but I I want someone who kind of brings something. Unique and maybe looks like uh, Richard Ramirez. Yeah, like I have, I have the pictures up right here. These are just like, hmm. If you switch over to my, there's so this is what he looks like. 
So like I get's see who does he look like? Let's see. What's the name of that guy that was playing um that played the Joker? Not not the Joker Wa- the movie, but he played Walking Phoenix? Not Walking Actually Walking Phoenix might be pretty good for this one. But Walking Phoenix is getting a little old. He's kind of old. Um yeah. everyone I'm thinking of is kind of old. I'm like who and they can't be like too sadistic because we we want to make them likable for part of this movie. He's kind of like the Walter White where you like him at first. You're just like, ah, did she, she was kind of being a bitch to him. Like Skylar was being a bitch. Like we went. <laughs> you want to make him likable? I mean, you make him likable at first, and then you end up turning him into the worst bad guy. But you oh. kind of feel bad for him. At the you you still have those feelings of like. You can get away with this. You just gotta leave the country. But he just kept going. Hmm. And then when Ooh, I got one. Okay. Oh my god. That makes total sense. Switch it to uh, you. if you go to Shut up. Damn. Oh, oh shit. Damn. Um So this this kid is under he's still young, mm-hmm. which is good. I think he could probably pay, play older. And um, let's see. And I think he has some decent acting chops. That would be Finn Wolfhard. Who's that? He's in uh, Stranger Things. He's one of the Stranger Things oh, kids. Oh, yeah. He's also in the It movies. Yeah, that's perfect. Like, look at his bone structure. He's a very lean. Like, I think. Oh, they make this movie and then, like, get, if someone steals this idea, would yeah. be pissed. So get Finn Wolfhard. I think he would be. Really good. Uh, Quinn Tarantino. Oh, my God. Is that a picture of Finn Wolfhard? What, oh, hold on. What was that photo they just showed? Oh, no. Yeah, I think I think we can probably ugly him up a little bit. Give him some, like, give him some pockmarks on his face. I know there's got to be some. I've seen pictures of him with, like, kind of curly hair. But you got to ugly him up a little bit. You got to have him kind of not look so fucking joyous. Mm-hmm. Like, look at this. Yeah. Bam. But he He's got, got the yeah. hair, the he clothes. Has the hair. The hair is perfect. Yeah. They they need to ugly him up a little bit. Um he's pretty young right there. He's actually Oh my god. Th- this is perfect. He's probably more We have our guy. He's probably more this age. Yeah. Uh, but given the Look like, at that. Look, look at that. Like that guy right there could play Richard Ramirez in the Quentin Tarantino Night Stalker movie. So, like, when you look at Richard Ramirez with the sunglasses, like, over here on mine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Th- that's the fucking guy. It's like, bam. Yeah, we can. Yeah. We're going to get Finn Wolfhard to play Richard Ramirez. God damn. We can. Just fuck his teeth up a little bit. Yeah. Right there. That, that can be your poster right there. Holy shit. And get Finn Wolfhard to do it. I think we got something here. There's your movie. Yeah. The title of this episode should be called the Richard Ramirez movie. Uh, Uh, Dear uh, 10th Tarantino movie revealed. (laughs) It's a Night Stalker (laughs) movie starring Finn Wolfhard as Richard Ramirez. (laughs) This rules. We'll get that out there and then that'll just become like, if anyone's on Reddit, Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm barely ever on Reddit ever. 
Mm-hmm. But if anyone who's listening to this, go on Reddit and start spreading the rumor that Finn Wolfhard is going to play Richard Ramirez, the <laughs> Night Stalker, in the tenth and final uh, Tarantino movie. Holy even, shit! Even though the what was it? I think the tenth uh, Tarantino announced. I think the movie's going to be called The Film Critic. But maybe the main character is a film critic. Yeah. While the Night Stalker murders are going on, he's a film critic in Los Angeles or something. Oh my god! And they kind of just link it together. You know what I mean? Like, like, like the movie Son of Sam, mm-hmm. or uh, or even like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's about all these fucking people, but like the Manson family is in the middle of it. Somehow. Yeah, like it's his neighbor. It's about a film critic mm-hmm. who's uh, happened and then tied together somehow with. The night yeah, stalker. he's he's like that. maybe his next door neighbor got hit by the night soccer or so, his, like the his film critic does his kid in Boyle Heights. Oh, no, that was in Boyle Heights. The ones where they, they saw the car being stolen. Yeah, it was his kid and they saw it happening. That, I love that's that the big reveal. Like, I love that. We're like his kid it, like they like the police call mm-hmm. and he's like uh, he's like on a typewriter mm-hmm. like typing up the or a very primitive early computer. Yeah. And they're like. This is the police. We have your kid. Like, I have a scene where he's just sitting there writing a review. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's like, hello? He's like, I'll be right there. Don't even have him say, I'll be right there. He's just, he's just like, yeah, hello? And he's like typing away, and then he's smoking a cigarette, mm-hmm. and then he just kind of looks up, and then it cuts to police lights and stuff like that, and the kid with blanket on them. Yeah. Comes over <laughs> and he's like, he's like, what the, what the fuck happened? And then have, like, some actor who's always appears, some, like, old like character actors, like the cop comes up yeah. to him and goes like, uh, your son's fine. He, he, he saw who we might think is the night stalker. Yeah. He got a description. He got the license plate sort of thing. And he's like, what sort of thing? And then infer that maybe the kid and the uh, film critic are in danger in some way. Mm-hmm. Like it was on the news. There might be a second killer. And Richard Ramirez saw this news thing where it's like, like, oh, this is the person who found the, you know, like the, like the media didn't even try to protect the kid's identity. <laughs> <laughs> they live at, at 123 uh, something street. Yeah, their dad's film critic for, you know, the Los Angeles Times. Yeah. Yeah. And you and, might want to lock your door, Mr. Critic. <laughs> and they're he's like, what the fuck? You, you, you know? Yeah. Have like the, the, the film critic's agent. On There's the so phone. much comedy in this movie. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, no. <laughs> Let's see who would be good for that. Get, uh, um, Oh my god! Well, get what's um what's fucking Ari Gold's name? Jeremy. I was thinking of uh, what's what's his fucking. I was thinking, thinking of uh, what's his name? Brinley Wolford Brinley. Wolford Brinley's been dead for fifty years. God damn it! He would have been the perfect cop. Why don't you know Ari Gold's fucking name? I can't just remember his name right now. I don't know. Uh, Jeremy Piven. <gasps> Jeremy Piven. Yeah. Get Jeremy Piven to play the film critic. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's that's another good one. Because you need somebody who's like who can like kind of walk and talk and is charming, mm-hmm. and um, he could be and, serious. Yeah, it, like you could you know who he is. Like mm-hmm. he's like people like him. Da da da. Maybe he's got some enemies in the film critic thing, or yeah, filmmakers call him. Have movies from the time. Yeah, like people calling him like someone from Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four is like you fucking shit on my movie. What the fuck? And he's like, well, fucking Freddy Krueger. No one gives a fuck about Freddy Krueger. No <laughs> and he hangs up. You know what I mean? And then like. Something happens where, like, maybe somebody calls. And yeah. He's just breathing on the phone. He's like, hello? It's like, and. Who gave you this number? Yeah. How the fuck did you get this number? Or he sends him, like, a creepy letter or something. Yeah. From the, 
Like he gets, he, or he gets. He somehow. sends the eyeballs that he gouged. He sends one of the eyeballs. He sends an eyeball to fucking Jeremy Piven. They never house. found the eyeballs again because what happened with that was um, apparently he sent all of his trophies to his sister. Yeah, and then like one day, uh, I think they were at the park, and they fucking got surrounded by by like FBI agents, and they're and they were looking. They they found out like he sent her all these like necklaces that he stole from them yeah or like uh wristbands or what w- some kind of jewelry and they're like oh we think that that he might have sent you the eyes because i think he said that that he mentioned it that the eyeballs and they're trying to retrieve it from his sister it was from that, his, he sent the, he sent the trophies he sent it to his own sister. I think it was to his sister, or Richard sent eyeballs to his sister. He sent like, yeah, I think he he was like sending them over, and this is like a a whole like serial killer on Reddit stuff. No, no, it actually wasn't. It was on El Paso Times. I think I actually have the article up because I was like, how do we tie that in? I'm like, Richard Ramirez's sister is Jeremy Piven's neighbor, and the mail accidentally got sent to Jeremy Piven's house, so he perceived it as a threat from the night stalker and now he's paranoid so here it is i I found it's on el paso times that's the newspaper in el paso obviously Mm -hmm. so it says and this is el paso police department it says el paso police department search for eyes of victim the case created a steer in el paso when police assisted in serving a search warrant in 1985 to look for a shoebox suspected of containing the eyes of one of ramirez's victims Texas District Judge Bill Moody was first assistant to El Paso District Attorney when he assigned to help prepare the search the search warrant. I he says, quote, I was playing golf at Escarate Park with police chief Bill Rodriguez when all these patrol cars came on the course, Moody said. Detectives from Los Angeles came out of patrol cars, told us they needed a search warrant. They wanted to search the home of one of Ramirez's relatives in El Paso. Apparently, Ramirez had bailed some of the items they were looking for uh, to the El Paso address. Quote, I left the golf course and spent the rest of the afternoon making sure the search warrant affidavit was legally correct. The detectives found items, I think several jewelry pieces, but no eyes. That that prosecutors used, that, this is what the prosecutors used in the case whenever it was in court. Mm. Ramirez's father, the late uh, Ramirez, told El Paso Times in 1989 that he could not believe his son would commit such brutal crimes, and he blamed drug use for his son's antisocial behavior. His dad defended his kid to the death. Gotta give him that. Brutal murderer. He's like, nah, the, the media is, is fucking railroading him right now. He might be a drug addict, might be a fucking thief, rapist, but he's not a murderer. I'm like, could I just like turn on a family member if I find out that yeah, I could, yeah, I'm gonna care. I think I would, I would defend my kid, even if he was a school shooter. Yeah, I would still defend him. I can't, I can't speak to a child. Yeah, but, but anyone else in my family, I'm just like, mm-hmm. you fucked up, dude. I can never see something bad in my own kids. Yeah, I think they could be. I would be like, oh, they're being, they're being jerks right now. But if like. I would never believe they're monsters. I see where he's coming from. So that would never happen. I mean, that would ne- I would never be like, oh, I hope he burns in hell. Like, yeah, the the take the you would take the Lionel Dahmer stance where you're just like, mm-hmm. you know, I'll always be by my boy's side 
no matter what he did. See that? I mean, that it's like that's kind of comforting in a weird way. That like that like just like the human condition. It's that, admirable. You're like you're still yeah. defending, and then it's like tough, like seeing that your your kid could commit such things, and you're like, I saw him as a baby, I saw him like when he was first born. I remember he would like he would do this. It was really funny, and like he was like you you see him and they're most vulnerable. You just can't imagine them being monsters. Yeah, you wipe shit off their balls, you know. Yeah, it's, it's like it's deep. Yeah, shit deep. You got anything else before we get out of here? Uh, well, um, I do find the, uh, did, you didn't bring up his shoes. His Rich, shoes? Richard Ramirez's shoes. What What about his shoes? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Richard Ramirez, um, the police were able to um, track him down based on, mm -hmm. he was wearing a very specific pair of shoes and they were finding his shoe prints at some of the uh, crime the scenes. And then they, and since the shoes were so unique. new to the market, yeah. they were able to narrow it down to how many, how many stores in the Los Angeles area were selling those shoes. And it was something like two places in the entire Los Angeles area were selling those shoes. And they were able to narrow it down to which store. Oh, so that's why they they kept bringing that up because I kept looking up timelines just so I can match it to like uh, what I was writing. Yeah, and they kept bringing that up where he would step in like like the like the the planner's box like where they you would plant like uh, yeah. your your like flowers. He stepped on or someone's whatever. AC unit outside their house, mm -hmm. and there was like this clean print like right in the dust of it. So yeah. these things were called like what says Avia. Yeah, obvious. they're called Avia shoes. Help link the serial killer to at least eight murders. So, uh, oh, oh, so this was brought up on the Netflix documentary, which I didn't want. I didn't watch just because it had such bad reviews from people that are into serial killers. Really? Yeah, I got really bad reviews from some of these people. They said they don't. It didn't really cover it uh, properly. So I was like, I just won't watch it then. So it says the hunt for serial killers will be released. Blah blah blah. Here's the grams. Oh, that's not it. So. It says, during the 1980s, Avia Shoes had been gaining some popularity, and even when it was not known who was behind the terrifying murders taking place across California, it was known that the killer was wearing a pair of Avia Shoes. Uh, around seven murders committed by Ramirez were linked together based on the shoe print left on the scene. What do these shoes? I mean, this is just the sponsorship. Avia still exists to this day. I'm just saying that when the Tarantino film comes out, Avias are going to do a collab and oh. those shoes are going to be re-released. Look at these shoes. Switch it over here. They made Richard Ramirez shoes. Look at that. Those are <laughs> and and they're so California. Those those are those are those are the those are the Congress uh, uh, Converse. Yeah, they're not high tops. So you got to go with high tops. Bootlegged fucking Chuck Taylors. Yeah. What what was that fucking Ramirez painting? Oh yeah, that that's Etsy sick. One? Let's go to that Etsy store. I want to. I want to see that. Dang it! I'm. I'm not in. I'm only in images. Fuck. There's not a thing at the bottom of uh, underneath the photo that links to it. Let me see. Just it's just the image. What the fuck? I mean, you can't scroll down more. It's just the image. Here it is. All right. 
Oh, so this Etsy store has all types of serial killer stuff. They have Night Stalker with the handprint on there. Yeah, but where's the paintings? Uh, they got, yeah, they got, they got baseball stuff on here. Here is, it's a poster. That's not the same one though we were looking at. I mean, there, there are I certain mean, pictures of him. He's not a bad-looking dude. A magnet of Richard Ramirez's mug for $19. People went crazy for Richard Ramirez. Oh, they got a shirtless Richard Ramirez? Very for like a, like a Like a 16-year-old girl would love that okay. shit. I thought I thought there was going to be a link to some kind of some weird painter. They have the coffee mug. Yeah, because this shit, you he can got, just get on fucking Redbubble. I was like, I'm like, is there a fucking weird, creepy painter person doing serial killer paintings? Which would be perfect. All this stuff it says is Cruz like, Ramirez <laughs> cruise <crap>. to victory. <laughs> and there's a car. <laughs> that fuck it. That's awesome. Uh, isn't that a character from Cars? Yeah. Cruz Ramirez. <laughs> I wonder if that's. Is maybe, that, car, maybe, is that maybe, Cars character uh, based on Richard Ramirez? That would be hilarious. I wish it, it said Richard Ramirez cruise to victory. Uh, it, I guess it's just for Cars. I thought I thought that was... Well, you can buy the shirt, cross out Cruise, and just write Richard over it. Yeah. Cruise Ramirez. That would be so punk rock. Because it, it it is. That's one of the things he would do. He would steal Cars, and he cruised to victory. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's... Uh, let, let, we're... And this one ran a little long, but I think I think it's going to be totally worth it. We're going to get a movie deal out of this. Um, if you want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash comment podcast. Uh, you can go follow us on Instagram at kind of underscore man underscore podcast, Twitter. Follow us on YouTube, Rumble, all that, all that fun stuff. But uh, you got anything else? No, just, uh, you know, get to be at Tweety's Bar doing Horn and Colt movie trivia on October 17th. Go to Tweety'sBar.com for uh, details on that. And uh, go to Patreon.com forward slash Skeleton Factory. My new review of Exorcist Believer, which is still in theaters right now, is on there. Uh, That was a good time on that episode. And uh, episode 72 will be coming around very, very shortly. I'll be reviewing uh, the... Oliver Reed film, uh, The Devils. Good stuff, guys. Uh, we'll be doing the Patreon. Maybe we'll do it live. I don't know yet. I would just, just got to figure out a couple of things. But, yeah, talk to you guys later. See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs>